Let's take the case of Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy played baseball all afternoon, and he didn't feel like walking home, so he decided to thumb a ride. He'd done it a hundred times before, and he didn't think anything was unusual when the driver struck up a friendly conversation. The following Saturday, they went fishing together. By now, they were using first names. Ralph said it was more friendly. Jimmy hadn't enjoyed himself so much in a long time. What Jimmy didn't know was that Ralph was sick, a sickness that was not visible like smallpox, but no less dangerous and contagious, a sickness of the mind. You see, Ralph was a homosexual, a person who demands an intimate relationship with members of their own sex. But by now, Jimmy felt a fondness for Ralph, and they continued to go places together. Ralph was generous and took Jimmy many interesting places and did many nice things for him. He bought presents and even gave him money. But payments were expected in return. The decision is always yours, and your whole future may depend on making the right one. So no matter where you meet a stranger, be careful if they are too friendly. If they try to win your confidence too quickly, and if they become overly personal. One never knows when the homosexual is about. He may appear normal, and it may be too late when you discover he is mentally ill. So keep with your group, and don't go off alone with strangers unless you have the permission of your parent or teacher. in 15 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of January in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM Land 70 to talk This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy and Amusement. Thank you for joining us today. It is uh, 503-733-2970. 503 503- 733-2970. 503- 733-2970. By the way, always remember, homosexuality, it's not visible like smallpox. It's more sickness of not the Not like other mental illnesses. No, no, no. You can't. You have to be careful, Sarah. You'll be lurking within anyone. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We'd like to join us today, and I know you would. Uh, with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvitches, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, musings, recipes, observations, limerick, haiku, iambic pentameter, and whatever it is you have today, it's 
You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Uh, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Thank you for joining us today. We uh, appreciate your uh, radio presence and your patronage. Thanks so much. All right, here's what's coming up. We'll talk to Cena Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, today from the Hill. So I guess Obama's not wasting any time. He went into like 500 things yesterday. Good for him. So I was making that observation that he ought to get to work right now. Why is he always, why is he always just going from place to place and dancing with his wife and the same song? Why isn't he working? And I guess he could be on the desk and immediately... I think he got behind the desk and immediately closed, like stopped all the trials at Guantanamo Bay, which I think now he's actually said today he's going to close. So good for him. So apparently, uh, apparently really? after the uh, yes, apparently after the many uh, the many balls were handled, he was able to uh, able to get to work. <laughs> oh, Rick Emerson. All right. Well, in any event, um, by the way, can I just say this? I think it was USA Today uh, that had. I don't even remember when the inaugural... It was, it was Tuesday, right? Today's Tuesday. So I guess it was USA Today. I was looking at it yesterday. And there was that photo on the front of, of uh, Barack and Michelle Obama dancing. And they were... They, I don't know. One of, the, one of the sort of larger events early in the evening. And she had the yellow dress on. And they had the whole tux. And I forget exactly what the caption was. But it was something very similar to like... You know, looking more gracious than any first couple has ever looked. I mean, it's just sort of... I feel... You know, I feel almost continental in a way, you know? We've, uh, we've actually, you know, we've actually now got a, a first couple that are, A, first of all, the president is not, not going to get behind the microphone and then cause a bunch of cringe-inducing, skin-crawling, uh, oh my God, I wish he wouldn't talk anymore, embarrassments with manglings of the simplest of English language terms. Um, but also, uh, also an aesthetically pleasing first couple, which I think is important. I think it's high time. All right, but final note here. Do you ever notice how much Barbara Bush... Which was George, you know, Bush 41's wife. How much she looks like mom from Mom's Friendly Robot Company? Think about it. That's all I'm saying. It's uh, 503-733-2970. So we'll talk to Lisa Desjardins about uh, Barack Obama being on the job, as they say uh, on NYPD Blue. Uh, we'll talk to senior radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum uh, today as well. And we'll talk to uh, Jim Roop, who has got the Oscar nominations from Los Angeles. And really the only one I cares about uh, right now uh, is Heath Ledger. And, yes, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. There you go. Bam! In your face. Psychotic clown for the win. Oh, there we got the. Uh, although I think it was uh, Benjamin Button, which I hear good things about, but I haven't seen it yet. I think. I heard that it was just really, really long. Well, I think it is it's that. Kind of drawn out. I think it's a quality film, though, from what I'm told. There's 13 nominations. I think it led the. I think it led the way. Uh, that and Slumdog Millionaire, which I also can say I haven't seen it yet, but I must. So, so we'll talk to Jim Roop about uh, Oscar nominations. We got Lisa Desjardins coming up uh, about Barack Obama and Steve Kastenbaum. And this is me actually kind of bluffing because I can't remember what the hell Steve Kastenbaum's talking about today. It's Kennedy in the Senate. I Kennedy. There you go, Caroline Kennedy, who either is or isn't still running. I, I don't know. And, you know, here's, like, can I just, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been pretending to care. Don't care. Wasn't going to care. Haven't ever cared. Uh, all right, there you go. There's that. Uh, we will have uh, the one and only Jonathan Colton joining us today. Is that right, Richie? Yep, 1.30. All right. It was supposed to happen yesterday, and then there was a whole Scotty J-esque kind of, is it Eastern or Pacific kind of a thing going on. So uh, today, a uh, geek icon, musician, singer, songwriter, and performer at the Aladdin Theater this coming Saturday the 24th, Jonathan Colton will be joining us on the phone. What else is coming up today? Byron Beck will be joining us in the studio today. And I'd say there's like, at this point, 
Like a one in two chance that Storm will be here as well. I'm not entirely sure about that. Starting to storm last night. She she may or may not be here. So Byron Beck will be here stepping into the news desk later on today. For people who were big fans of Darcy Zettler, Darcy Zettler, late of PDX 49, she joined us yesterday, and we got through about three things the entire day. And she did such a good job reading the news, but, you know, got to hardly any of it because we kept babbling and all the Sam Adams stuff. I mean, she sounded really good, and it just, uh, we didn't really get to uh, we, we didn't really get to, to hear a lot of actual news from her because it was just so much other stuff. So Darcy Zettler will actually come back tomorrow. She's going to do an encore performance tomorrow, Friday, on this very fine radio program. Today, though, uh, Byron Beck. We also have another installment of uh, The Great songs ever made and we have another nominee for the worst story in the history of the universe what are you doing over there uh, what was that? throwing garbage away i know we're cleaning the studio Speaking because we have garbage oh because oh is that <laughs> is that because uh are we gonna is there gonna be a news uh, crew of some kind i believe here? so and in case you're in case you care my ear just popped for the first time in like five days i was caring more than you i can possibly I can kind of hear out of this one ear so is it coin is coin or somebody coming by later to film what with all the controversy and the gay and the so forth yes I all right so. okay well let's all try to look professional shall we so i'm getting i should have worn you crocs Chris, you want me to put some makeup on you oh yeah <laughs> eyeliner I'll let you go handle that. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm doing well. Richie and I had a morning. It was funny. So, you know, um, the the dumpster out back that has, like, all the papers. Oh, and I like where this is stuff. going already. Yes? <laughs> <laughs> and so I had some stuff, which I'll tell you off the air. I don't want to say it on there, but I had some stuff that I wanted to throw away. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. And, I've, heard um, about the, I've heard all about the stuff that's in well, your car. I... Yes. Okay. And so, I some... Yeah, so anyway, I needed to kind of... throwing away some debris. Yes, throwing away some debris that wouldn't fit in the garbage can at home. So um, I threw away some debris, and I had it in a bag. And I also had my lunch in a plastic bag, too. Didn't think about it. Threw it all into into the the dumpster dumpster together. Well done. And so I see Richie. I'm like, Richie, help. I'm like, oh, my God, I just threw my lunch in the dumpster. So um, Please tell me that Richie didn't get your lunch out of the dumpster, and please tell me you're not going to eat it. Well, the bag was tied, and there wasn't any. <laughs> and then you go right to the justification. You skip the actual answer and go right to Let the. Let me tell you. Now listen. I it was around. It was it was pretty empty. All there was in and there was cardboard. Mm-hmm. It so was I, clean trash. It was it was clean trash. You know, homeless guys pee in that thing. Oh, oh. man. I should have waited till later to tell you that. Oh. I mean, I can't prove it. I've never seen them, but I know what. Wasn't there a like. shirt too? Yeah, and then yeah, and then oh, and then there's a lot of squatting. The down for you. Thank you. There's uh, a lot of uh, there's no, a lot of. we couldn't reach the shirt, so like I got my lunch and I couldn't I reach the shirt. So there. Richie's trying to hoist me into the dumpster so that I can reach the shirt, and I couldn't quite get it, and so he was able to kind of jump in. And Richie's trying to hoist me into the dumpster. <laughs> the Sarah <laughs> Dillon story. Oh, it's been a classy week. Well, what a great morning you've had. <laughs> it was actually quite hilarious, I have to say. All right, when did this happen? Like at 9.55. Why wasn't I told that this was going to be taking place? We should have been filming this. Because <laughs> I didn't know, because we just happened to pull in at the same time. And so we were walking in. I'm like, oh, I've got to throw this away. And I was telling you know, Richie that I had to throw this away here. And then... This is the dumpster out back here behind the building? <laughs> yeah, I see homeless guys squatting over there all the time. And I don't mean squatting don't like they're like... hanging out. I mean squatting like... Ugh! You're the one with the shirt that we pulled out of the garbage. What was I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, this, and the everything shirt from the... has, like, plastic... Because I mean, I paid like four bucks for this fruit cup. All right, well let's 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 all let's go one at a time here. First of all, the shirt Richie's referring to is this shirt from the Double and Down, which you also inadvertently threw in the trash. One yes. of our many fine advertisers. That's the one that got kind of buried in there. The best part is how it's a shirt from an advertiser that went right in the dumpster. Smell it. Well done. <laughs> uh, because I had it all in my hand and I wasn't thinking. And like Richie and I were talking, and I'm like, oh ha ha ha, and I'm laughing, and then just kind of 
threw everything in there. So you're just cleaning out your car, and your lunch and this shirt were mixed in with other items. I'm trying to figure out how it happened. They were mixed in with other items, and in your in your rush to get the trash thrown away so you could come in here and be productive, yes. you didn't really uh, examine the items one by one as you were cleaning out your car. Thus, the shirt from the Dublin Down and your lunch went into the dumpster. Now, was Richie already in the parking lot, or was he inside? No, he was in the parking lot. Did he witness this happening? I don't know if he witnessed it, because we were... I think he, you were, like, waiting for me for a second, weren't you? And then... Yeah. Because right. I just got... I'm like, I, I, I saw you toss it, but I didn't... Whose idea was it for you to get into the dumpster and retrieve your lunch? I, there's no getting into the dumpster. I was able to reach over and reach in. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, who came up with the idea that we should get well, that was, lunch out of the I dumpster? I just spent $8 on my lunch. I'm not going to throw it away. It was your idea. That's fine. I'm just trying to figure out exactly... Oh, no. It was totally my idea. No, and I saw it. I, I, I assessed the garbage before I stuck my hand there. I'm like, okay. All right. It's all, all right. Right. Okay. I see a bunch of new stories. It's just a bunch of paper. And did Richie do that thing where he was, like, lacing his hands together? No, he tried and to, like, you... lift me up. So he grabbed, like, my sides. And he tried to lift me up. And so I'm reaching in there. Trying... Why? Oh, I would have given anything to have seen it was, this. I, I, Matt Green saw it. It's actually pretty hilarious. He's out there smoking his cigarette looking at us like we're insane. Meanwhile, he sees Richie standing presumably behind you. It actually probably did look kind of weird because Richie's like grabbing me from behind and like lifting Chris, me. Against, you, against a dumpster. Against a dumpster. <laughs> in the parking lot. Oh, that sounds good. We need to see you. And then Richie ended up hoisting himself over and he was able to. I can't reach. Get halfway in and. Yeah. Right. Get it out. Well, <laughs> right. You know, and somewhere, uh, somewhere, Mr. Furley is looking through like a slat in the fence and getting entirely the wrong idea. Well, all right. Well done. They well, gave the homeless guys who wrote the trash some new ideas. I, uh, yeah, I have, I have nothing to compare to that. That's, uh, I, this, I have, I have nothing to bring to the table that remotely approaches that. All right, it is uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll get your uh, phone calls here. And if you, by the way, I've got the most fantastic soundbite. I, I don't even know. I wonder if this is another one of those sound bites that I ought to play. I ought to play just the money part of it first and then do it in context later on. Because the lead up to this is also pretty entertaining, but, but not in exactly the same way. Our good friend uh, Seamus sent this to me today. I think I'll just play it out of context first and then I will give you the entire sort of package later on. Uh, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, Lost last night. Uh, we'll get some phone calls. We'll take a break. We got Lisa Desjardins here at the bottom. But well, me... Lisa makes a good point because that dumpster was so high I couldn't even reach. And homeless people can't pee in the dumpster. Maybe they pee down the side of it. They can't get in the dumpster and pee. Of course they can. And no, here's they have you... their little home next to the building. They they're not going to be in the dumpster. All I'm saying is, look, they, they might. We're just discussing this now clinically, sort of a news, like a health uh, issue. How do I put this? Homeless people in the back parking lot of CBS Radio, and there are many, by the way. I mean, the homeless people, for, I'm not complaining about CBS Radio as such in relation to the homeless, because it's all around this part of town. It's all, it's all you know, down here. But i got to tell you, we got any number of homeless people who just congregate in or around our back parking lot on even an ongoing basis. Even people are out back smoking, like, they'll, they'll well, just they walk even, through the, They don't even care. You know what the homeless are like? The homeless are like those, uh, those rats that have, or those squirrels that have lost their fear of human beings. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like a group of pigeons. That is exactly. There'll be like ten people out back, like, chatting, and, and they'll just walk through, like, station oh. vehicles and stuff and just, like, no, walk they... five feet away and start rummaging through stuff. The problem with the homeless, Sarah, is they become domesticated. And so uh, <laughs> they're, they're no longer... It was a lot easier when the homeless were feral because then you'd walk toward them and they would scatter like the four winds. But it, you walk to the homeless now and they don't even... Uh, they, they've, lost their, uh, they've lost their terror of the rest of us, which is, uh, I think, a step backward because that's why you go into the back parking lot at, like, 2 a.m., and there's some guy back there, uh, like, squeezing out a can of Sterno to drink or something. So 
I will say this. Two things. One, somebody who used to work here who I will not identify, I'll just say he was an engineer, <laughs> uh, had parked his car in the back, had left his laptop uh, in his car, had run, literally run, because he was driving home from somewhere but needed to use the restroom. Happened to be going by CBS Radio. Parked in the back parking lot. Gets out of the car. Doesn't lock it. Leaves his laptop there. Runs in. Takes a quick uh, bathroom stop, like about 45 seconds, 60 seconds, number one. Goes back out, laptop gone, wind, windows broken. Mm. Like less, like it was from beginning to end, less than 90 seconds. Oh, man. Um, secondly, this. I was up in Susan Reynolds' office one time, and Susan Reynolds has this window that looks directly down into the parking lot. Uh, and so it was the window that everybody would sort of, and I guess they still do, they would go like they would go in and they would look down to see if the general manager's here, because then it's like you know is he, is he in his office? Because sometimes the door to the you know the door to the boss's office is closed, and if you you know you don't want to knock because maybe he's in a meeting or whatever. And so you, the, the, the the shortcut is you go into Susan's office and you look down to the parking lot, you see if the GM's uh, car is here. And so I was actually just looking out that window one time, just I think I was just kind of daydreaming, staring off into space, and I saw our GM at the time, who was this guy Mark Whalen who Mark Whalen is like 15 feet high and about four feet across, played uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, and could probably break every single bone in your body using only his left hand. I mean, he's a mass, he's a wall of a man. And I saw him pull into the back parking lot one time, and I swear to God, there was like four homeless guys having like a cookout, basically. They were over by the dumpster, and it's like they'd done everything but break out the ukulele and start singing, This Land is Your Land. I mean, they did like cooking food over like a small fire. And Waylon went over, and I, I thought there was going to be just a whole lot of homeless-colored stains on the pavement uh, by the time he was done with those guys. But no, they're everywhere. They are, they are omnipresent. So they are like every time, yeah, you go back toward that area, like you can see all the beds and. And I'm going to say this: like poop cans and stuff. Poop cans. I'm not going to say that the homeless can uh, pee into the dumpster like from a standing position out on the pavement. I'm saying. Cellophane bags and bottles are used for many things. Oh, but it wasn't the bottle dumpster. <laughs> uh huh. All right. It was this the is a lie you're telling yourself now. No, no, no. It was yeah, the. Yeah, they uh... recycle when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> they, make... Yes, they make sure to recycle. My lunch came out of the poop-free dumpster. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. It did. And plus, see, it was in a bag. It was a free dumpster. Fantastic. All right. Let us know when you're eating that later on, if you will. All right. It's 503 Don't forget, one random on-air caller today wins a fantastic Star Wars collectible statue from Things from Another World. Uh, today's statue is Luke Skywalker. And I think it's New Hope Luke. I don't think it's Jedi Luke. I think it's New Hope Luke. Because he wants to go to the Tassie station to pick up some power containers. Uh, Things for Another World uh, is uh, providing those to us. And, of course, if you would like to purchase one of those for yourself or for a geeky loved one, you can do that. It's uh, Things from Another World's website, tfaw.com, tfaw.com slash Rick, tfaw.com slash Rick. That is how you can do that. So one random on-air caller today wins one of those collectible statues. Today is uh, Luke Skywalker. Things from Another World, also uh, they have provided to us some Watchmen books that we're going to be uh, giving away as well. All right. It, it was this opening segment and the dumpster lunch thing has gone so... I can't get by the way... I know, and I wish sometimes... You know, I wish I wouldn't tell you these things, but there's no way to not say You can't, but see, that's... Because it's hilarious. Because who accidentally throws their lunch in the dumpster? See, you. and that's why we have a great relationship, because you know that you don't want to say, but you have to say. And by the way, it's all worth it just for the idea that someone was driving down uh, Front Street in a car... 
And they look to the right <laughs> just in time to see Richie standing behind you with his hands around your side, trying to push you up against a dumpster <laughs> while you're wearing your shirt from Gilly's uh, Bar in Pasadena. <laughs> all class. That's what Matt was doing. He was walking up, and he's just kind of smoking and looking at us strangely. It's fantastic. Well, he's but it's radio. All right. I'm just going to play this one little sound bite that's about nine seconds long. I'll play it out of context. I don't have time to play the whole thing. We'll give you the wraparound of this later on. Then we'll take a break, and we'll come back with Lisa Desjardins later on. Perhaps she's... It, it looks like she might not be available. Really? Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, but still to come uh, today, Jim Roop, uh, Byron Beck, etc. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you this fantastic sound bite from... I don't know the call letters of the, uh, of the television station. This is a Detroit TV station uh, that was broadcasting a uh, relationship... Uh, counselor, And I'm just going to say this. They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> there you go. One more time. They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> who do you think I'm... I won't ruin it. I know who. Who do you think I'm playing and who do you think she's talking about? Anybody know? You probably know, Sarah. I do know, yeah. They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> We'll tell you who said it after this. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. All right, then. Well, that first segment went reasonably well, especially considering the fact that everybody sounds crazy today. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. Do you detect crazy in the air, Sarah Dillon? I did yesterday, not so much today. Maybe it's just me. Quit looking at me. All right. I sense there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of crazy out there. That's just my guess. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, your phone calls here in a moment. Hey, Richie, I don't know if I need to reboot my uh, screening software or something, but it's uh, I've got bupkis. That's what I've got. So if you can look into that, that'd be fantastic. Uh, before we uh, welcome whoever this is to the, uh, is it Steve Kasterman? And then are we speaking with someone else later? I'm so unclear about what we've got scheduled today and what we don't, which is uh, through no fault of Sarah's or my own. Uh, the CNN uh, scheduling department is being ever so slightly unpredictable and persnickety uh, today. So I'm I'm sure that they're going to let us uh, speak to Jim Roop today, seeing as how he's their Los Angeles correspondent. And it really is the second biggest day of the year for the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, second only to the ceremony itself. And we are, of course, uh, a top 25 market and a West Coast affiliate. So certainly they'll uh, have Jim Roop talking to us today. Isn't that right, Sarah? In theory. Mm-hmm. All right. That's great. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent and man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you? The uh, the, the first uh, presidential press briefing went a lot longer than expected and, and started a lot later, so I think that threw all the scheduling off. Today. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, so uh, we were uh, we we had any number of people scheduled, and then I think Sarah actually just received back this sort of weirdly written half gibberish email, sort of explaining to us that no one was available. So yeah. and, and apparently including Jim Roop. So you know, go go figure. Who knows? Although I know he, had, I, th I do say in Jim's defense, I think he does have to get up at like 3 a.m. or something to cover that. But I mean, I also know that Jim Roop is a game day player. I know that if Jim Roop were left to his own devices, he'd be working 22 hours a day, seven days a week. He would never sleep this is this is correct jim would be on the air 24 he would be doing live reports 
even though he was in REM stage. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, yeah. is it true that today, well, so first of all, not only uh, did Ledger get the nomination, I say, acting as though you're Jim Roop talking about the story, uh, not only did Ledger get the nomination for Best Supporting Actor for The Dark Knight, is today actually the, the anniversary of the day he died? Do you know? Oh, my God. You know, I haven't looked into that. I don't know. And see, somebody told me, because every day at the beginning of the program, we uh, we play a clip from a movie or we play, like, a scene from a film. And I actually had pondered playing The Dark Knight like a Joker thing because of Ledger, because he got the nomination. And and I sort of didn't the last moment. I punted and we went with something else. Uh, but somebody's actually now saying that today was the anniversary of, of the day he died, which I would think I would have seen. I'm surprised that I hadn't. I mean, if I'd known that, I think I would have done it. I'm surprised I hadn't heard that from anybody. But that's kind of... Yeah. That's what the Los Angeles Times is reporting, uh, the one-year the one uh, year anniversary of, of his death. It seems um, wrong to, uh, to say that that's cool, but it is sort of, I mean, it is cool in a sort of horrible, dark, morbid sort of a way. Yeah, uh, you know what, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at an article now from the, I'm just waiting for it to finish loading, and I don't know what day this was published. Uh, well, it was a, but, it was a, but it was certainly around this time last year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I think it, because I do remember it being just after the holiday. So man, weird. All right, well, that is weird. Yeah. Uh, how's life, my friend? How are things? Uh, I am exhausted. You you want to know why? Yes. I blame it all on Caroline Kennedy. Um, well, you don't want to uh, want to blame her too much longer for too many more things. I, I have a feeling she will never be found uh, again. Uh, and if she is, she might not be saying "um," you know, yeah, uh, uh, much. But. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just happened to still be uh, in Manhattan last night. Uh, I think I told you I live in Brooklyn, so I don't live in Manhattan. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm about 20 minutes away from the Bureau, so if I was in Brooklyn, I wouldn't have come back for this. But, you know, when I heard, uh, when I started getting the emails that Caroline Kennedy may be dropping out of the race for uh, the Senate seat vacated by Hillary Clinton, I immediately came back to the Bureau. And I wound up being here till 11 o'clock last night, still with no definitive answer. Well, that was the thing. I was watching Anderson Cooper last night, and at one point they had... John King, Candy Crowley, and Gloria Borger, I think. Three different CNN reporters with three different sources, and they still couldn't get a definitive yes or no on whether she was going to drop out. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, I was calling anybody and everybody. I was calling my sources in the governor's office. I mean, um, people's voicemail boxes were full, and nobody was answering their phone, uh, their phones, and you could not get a straight answer from anybody. It started with uh, one or two published reports. You know, Caroline Kennedy and her family uh, have always been very close with the publishers of the New York Times and the editorial uh, staff there. So naturally, the New York Times reports this story based on a source that Caroline Kennedy is taking her name out of the uh, uh, out of the pool of possible replacements for Hillary Clinton last night. And they initially said it was based on her concerns over her uncle Ted Kennedy's health condition. And at which point somebody in Ted Kennedy's camp said there's nothing about his health problem, his health situation that would warrant her wanting to right. pull out of the uh, out of the contention, uh, out of the race, meaning that, uh, you know, he, he's, he's out of the hospital. He's doing fine. He's not dying. So this is so, this is sort of under the uh, under the cover of illness and someone else's illness uh, to boot. She was actually going to try to sort of steal away into the night and not actually have to run. Is there a fear that, like, it seemed like a good idea? Is, is, I, I don't want to say I don't want to compare it to Sarah Palin, even though it might be appropriate. But I mean, is it is there this fear that it sort of seemed like a great idea based on the the marquee value, and then it all just kind of fell apart when people realized that she was just going to get taken down into little little component parts if she actually had to do this. Well, what was so funny about last night? Before I answer that question, was that when we called the governor's office, the only response we can get was she didn't call us. 
far as we yeah. know, she's still in the running. So this went on to like 12.30 in the morning when her um, public relations person released a one-line statement saying she was pulling out for personal reasons. And now there's reports in the papers today that um, she learned something that affects her personally, and it prompted her to withdraw from the race for this seat. What in the world that could be, I have no idea. But I don't know. I mean, she was starting to take um, a bit of a beating in the press for uh, not being well-spoken in interviews, uh, not being prepped well. Uh, and, you know, she led, led a, a very private life up until about a year ago when she got involved with Barack Obama's campaign and was out on the campaign trail with him. And then her cousin, Robert Kennedy Jr., really started pushing her name around as a replacement for Hillary Clinton. Uh, and, you know, she didn't push it herself. It was her cousin. And oh, Go ahead. I was gonna say, there are worse things than being born into an independently wealthy uh, family dynasty. But on the other hand, if you're born and your last name is Kennedy, it does have to suck on some level. It's sort of like being, uh, you know, it's like being born to Eddie Van Halen or something. Because, you know, for the rest of your life, really, A, you got a finite number of choices in in what you're going to be able to do with your life because you know that you got this whole uh, this is family image and the legacy and it's all sort of writing on. And let's be honest, and the Kennedys have you know uh, they already got enough uh, uh, glitches and weirdness and bumps uh, in their in their history and enough uh, crap that they've had to work past. And they have enough PR people on tether at all times. Uh, to let you know and remind you of exactly how many uh, issues of weirdness they've already had to deal with. But mm-hmm. if you, you know, but your last name is Kennedy, you got to watch everything you do, everything you say. You got to be ultra careful. But by the same token, you know that. So it's like you, you, you know, you sort of have to stay within a few narrowly defined uh, career fields. But you also know that no matter how you know well you do and how much you exceed in those careers, you're still not going to be JFK. You're not going to be RFK. You're not even going to be Teddy Kennedy. You're just going to be one of their kids. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I heard one reporter here this morning when I woke up uh, on an all-news radio station here saying uh, in his report, you know, when it, uh, soon after it became apparent that she did not possess the oratory skills that yeah. her father did, yeah. her shine began to uh, dull. <laughs> and this is that – well, I don't remember who the interview was with at this point. But is that interview she did where she said, she said, like and you know and uh – like, yeah, like 149 a million times. times. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I saw uh, a great YouTube video where somebody had actually stitched all of those together into one uh, film, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it really was excellent. So. But now we're all dying to know what is this personal issue? I mean, is there really a personal issue, or was she not taking kindly to the criticism that she suddenly found herself open to, having no longer, uh, you know, leading a, a private life, you know, yeah. and did she finally say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Well, and see, now that she's, uh, you know, more than likely just not going to be heard from again, I can admit that I don't really care one way or the other. So there you go. I can, I can <laughs> well, actually, I can drop really the facade, you know, of pretending that I have all this emotional investment in whether she runs or not, because I don't. Well, that's what's really funny about this, because before uh, her name started being circulated, the only people who did care about her were folks uh, on the social uh, socialite scene right. here in New York City, you know, yeah, uh, the, the Fifth Avenue crowd. And uh, nobody really cared about her, but then there was this specter of, you know, the uh, the Kennedy political legacy passing on to someone new within the family and it living on for another generation. And uh, America sort of got excited about that possibility for a while, and now, I, you know, she pulled the rug out from under everybody. Okay, you should start using this phrase. Uh, okay. this is a, you should introduce this into circulation. You should start using the phrase, uh, if it hasn't been boiled down to this already, 
the Obamas or the new Kennedys. Like literally in that in with that actual series of words in that order. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that one has been used. Now, but I mean, I've heard a lot of compare, but I mean that actual like a sort of like when they say like whatever is the new black, this would be you know blah 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 the new Kennedys. I'm just saying. You should Obama's start, the new Kennedy. You should start. I'm saying you should trademark it. Begin working it in. Perhaps a line of merchandise can be sold with that on it. <laughs> you, you know, my grandmother uh, compared uh, Obama's inauguration to uh, Roosevelt's inauguration, was saying he was the new Roosevelt. Yeah. See, I've got that. That is uh, that is ground where I cannot tread, sir. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. All right. Then uh, we will have uh, speaks. Then until then, enjoy the rest of your day, sir. See you then. All right. There you go. Fantastic. It's all, you know what it is? It's like it's like in the uh, the legacy of Pat Riley, uh, trademarking that, uh, that three-peat or whatever. Like every time you put something, like the word three-peat on a shirt, Pat Riley makes like 15 cents. Huh. So somebody really ought to be trademarking, because everybody's sort of nibbled around the edges. They've all kind of said it. But somebody really needs to be trademarking that uh, Obama's equal New Kennedy's thing. And then, like, you start sticking it on hats. I'm telling you, that's, that is the way to financial security in this republic of ours. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, what's going on? You what's guys? up? Hey, uh, I, I just got a BlackBerry. Yes, sir. And I which, heard... Uh, which one did you get? The Curve. Okay. And I heard there's a way that you can uh, listen online with that phone. There actually is. Uh, I do believe that there was just recently a firmware update, uh, update to the BlackBerry, which means that you can now stream this radio program and uh, the rest of the station on your BlackBerry, much as uh, you can on the iPhone. And here's the thing. Having said that, I will now actually say that even as a BlackBerry owner, I don't actually know what that mechanism is, but I know you can do it. Um, this is something that somebody else who's much smarter than I am uh, will probably know, though. So what you should do, if you, ha if you have a chance, drop me an email about that to sort of remind me uh, of this topic, and I'll find out and I'll stick it up on the website. Awesome. All right. How, do you, how are you liking that BlackBerry, by the way? Oh, uh, it is. Like, there, there's no going back. That's, see, that's what I'm saying. And I, you know, I, I don't mean to diminish the iPhone. I know people who have iPhones really love them. I'm, I would probably have an iPhone if I could use it for my corporate email, but I can't. But that BlackBerry, I have the BlackBerry, uh, the World Edition. It's far and away the best phone uh, I've ever owned in my life. It is, it's it's uh, astoundingly good. Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, uh, one quick thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to Pittsburgh tomorrow, and that's the reason I was wanting to have it set up so I can like, listen while I'm at the airport. You know, uh, you probably could find that information online. I would imagine there's some nerd forum somewhere where they've, you know, they've sort of laid it all out for everybody. Right. Well, uh, usually when I, when I fly, I uh, call and request a DOA blood rock, but mm -hmm. this time I have a private plugged into my phone so I can probably like listen to it right before the plane takes off. You could actually be so you could actually be entertaining uh, entertaining yourself right there inside your cranium. Or you can buy those you know what you, you could actually do is get those little external speakers so everyone on the plane could share your musical joy, sir. <laughs> I don't know how that would how everyone would respond to that. Rick but. Emerson strongly recommends that you do that. All right. All right. Travel safe my friend. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right. It's five oh three seven three three uh two nine seventy. Five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. What a busy show it already is. It already is, and it's already been an hour. Jesus. It's just insane. All right. So, you know where this, you know where everything sort of went off the rails in my head, even though it was a fantastic story, was the dumpster lunch thing, just because I had no idea that was going to be coming, and then it completely blocked out all other thoughts inside my brain. I almost oh, feel like... we didn't like, even talk about Lost last night, either. No, we didn't get to Lost, and at this point, I almost feel like we need to recruit, uh, like, a male and female actor and have them go back out, you know, like, in the, like, to the dumpster in the parking lot and sort of act it out so we can get, like, an artist, you know, like a recre... You know, like they'll do on a 2020 or something? Recreation footage. And then oh, they yeah. show... 
You know, they show two people. And they do it like on Snap or any of those shows on. Completely. On last time. Police believe the two men, uh, you know, and then they'll show guys who are hired to look like the criminal. You disposed of the body in a ditch, and then they go to like the fake grainy footage of the guy tossing a body out the back of the car. So we have two people to go out and just, uh, you know, be pressing up against the dumpster. Uh, so it wasn't. There was no pressing against the dumpster. He. We well, you know what I mean. Me. Not in a not in a humpy way. I mean, not he was in just a trying to. Way. Um, so here's what's coming up. Uh, Byron Beck will join us uh, in the uh, noon hour. We will do news and amusements for the people. There is, I would say at this point, a 58% chance that Storm will be here at some point. We have lost recapping that we still have to do. Because yeah, it last was, night was insane. Well, so what was I the, can't believe you don't watch it. That's just that, that baffles my mind. But, it, but, but you know why I don't watch it. You, I don't watch it for the same reason a lot of people do. It is, because because it, actually I was watching with Heather and Lisa last night. And, you know, we all had to keep reminding each other, like, why thing, certain things were pertinent. And it's right. like, oh, that was a person from the first season, you know, totally. that, was a, that was a flash in, like, a convent or in a picture and something, you know, like, one second of, like, the thousands of minutes of... I mean, I lost. understand that... The, see, here's the thing about... Uh, see, I almost hesitate to ask, but... Because then it's going to trigger the whole discussion here. So let me just say before we do anything well, we have else, a couple minutes before the news hour. We will be talking to... Ed McCarthy? Are we yes. talking to somebody else from CNN? Ed at, four, at uh, 115. Ed at 115. So we'll talk to Ed McCarthy at 115. Byron Beck uh, is here. Storm Large probably be uh, uh, dropping by. Jonathan Colton, singer-songwriter, geek icon extraordinaire. Uh, we, we will be speaking with him. Let's see. Uh, another installment of the greatest songs ever made. We have a nomination for uh, the worst story in the history of the world. Uh, we have to give you the uh, we have to give the entire context to this fantastic soundbite we were playing. They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. Why wonderful! Uh, so we'll get to that. So, but just real quickly on Lost. Here's the thing I don't understand about that show, and I don't mean like a plot point or like why the four-toed statue. I don't mean any of that. The thing I'm not quite sure of in terms of Lost is this: Does that show have? rewatch value. In other words, once something is figured out or solved, you know, once the riddle is, is you know, is, is wrapped up, does the show, is the show entertaining enough in and of itself that you would go back and watch it, like, just for fun, once you know the answers? I believe so, because I'd like to kind of, because like, I'm especially looking forward to watching it after, you know, I have the answers, because it's like, un, like, undoing a puzzle. Like, there's so many, like, billions of pieces to this puzzle that makes absolutely no sense, you know, and every little thing that's in it is there for a reason. So it makes you, you know, want to pay extra super attention because you know that things aren't in there just to be in there. You know that they're, like, part of the bigger the bigger picture. Because it seems like there's so many things that are kind of layered in there, and there's just so many details. There's so many things. It's so confusing, and then you find out, you know, that people are, are related, and, like, you know, they're time-traveling, so some people stay the same age, and you never know, like, if it's three years earlier, if it's, like, 20 years before or, like, five years later, it's just totally confusing and really awesome to watch. You know what this is like? This is like creating one of those spore creatures, and then you come back, like, a, like a day and a half later, and it's turned, you know, like, you created, like, a like a hummingbird, and you come back a few days later, and it's turned into, it's turned into a platypus or something. Mm. The, the last time I, when I left Lost, when I sort of, uh, you know, when I kind of bailed out on that show, there was no time travel. The island had never vanished. It wasn't an orchid thing. The only time the polar bear had ever be seen, been seen was in that kid's comic book. Uh, and, and I think, so I, it just seems that show seems to be morphing so quickly that now I know I, like, I couldn't go back now. I have to wait. I mean, I have to wait till it's done. I think you have to. It's, it's way too confusing. I remember just, you know, because everything, what was that? Well, there was a tattoo on the bottom of the shark that said Dharma. What? what? Go back. And I, so it seems like there's a lot of, like, every time you watch and Lost. And a lot of numerical significance, too, and it's just, uh, like, all 
science-y and, you know, like, um, just talking about, like, time travel. And, stuff. and every time you see it, you probably will notice something new. Mm-hmm. But... But part of me wonders, like, if if it's, if, but if at that point does it just become like you're, like you're looking at that uh, puzzle page in highlights where you got to find the 15 things hidden in a tree or something, you know? Whereas, like, you know, but but the, the show isn't actually fun or whatever. I don't kind know. of, it's true because you're watching and then like you hear somebody, you know, you, you you're watching it and you don't know what time it is. Like you don't know if it's like you know 30 years back or whatever, and you hear someone called by a different name than what they're called now, and it's like, oh, why were they initially that name? Oh, maybe they're related to that person. It's just, it's like a soap opera. It's like a nerd. Like sci-fi um, with the soap opera with really pretty people. Right. Uh, well, so uh, perhaps in a bit we can do your actual sort of recap of that. Let's do these and we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Good day, Rick Emerson. Hello, sir. KCMD Portland. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I called a couple of days ago about a, a goofy show in the 70s, and I found it on those YouTubes called Legends of the Superheroes. Dude, I saw the link you sent me. So, okay, so this guy had called, and he had asked me about this, speaking of things that sound crazy. Uh, this guy uh, calls me. He's like, "Hey, do you remember her show from the late seventies, early eighties? That was a bunch of superheroes, and not like theoretical, like 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 actual. This was actually like Superman and Batman, and you know, actual properties. So, do you remember a show where there were superheroes playing Family Feud? And I said, "Was this Family Feud?" And he said, "No, no, no, but it was like Family Feud. It was this game show where there were uh, Marvel and DC superheroes that were playing." Like a like a Richard Dawson type game show, and I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then you sent me a YouTube clip of it, which I watched, and I have to say, even having watched it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Like even having seen it and now knowing that it was an actual show that aired on television, I don't know why it existed or what the purpose was. I don't know. I think it might have been an Adam West, Burt Ward final something because there, the Batman and Robin were on it. The Riddler from you know the Batman and Robin TV show. That was him, and then some other miscellaneous comic book people. Well, there was, I think, yeah, Frank Gorshin, who played the Riddler. Uh, I know that he was on there. And by the way, there was some uh, white-hot woman with uh, with huge cans, and I don't know who she was. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, the one that uh, had the very loud voice yeah. that everybody could hear. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. in any event. Uh, yeah, so thank you for sending that to me, but I'm no closer to understanding the truth that, of that series than I well, was before. there were like six parts on those YouTubes about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they showed an entire episode. I I will say this, by the way. There are – you could probably do an entire – you could do an entire uh, discussion, I mean, over the course of an evening or a talk show or whatever, about shows that you remember watching that no one else seems to remember even existing. Do you know what I mean? Where you're yeah. sitting there and you're watching something – and it kind of burns its way into your brain, and usually these shows are gone like that. And then 15 years later, you mention somebody, Hey, do you remember that show uh, that was like the movie Airplane, but it was set in a hotel, and there was a vending machine in the hallway that dispensed firewood for a quarter? and Which is, by the way, a real show that I am discussing. I won't give the name of it now, because that's almost... Because that's just... That's giving a man a fish. But that was an actual program that aired on ABC that probably nobody else remembers. So everybody's got a couple of those. I actually had to Wikipedia Solomon Grundy <laughs> and then, like, cycle down through Wikipedia, and it's like, oh, he appeared in this TV show, and then that's how I came upon it. I'm mean, just geekiest thing in the world that I could figure right, out. This is my final observation, and then we got a break, uh, right. is that Wikipedia, Wikipedia is sort of, Wikipedia is sort of the entire Internet writ small, and not in terms of information, although it is that, uh, but, but it is also this it is also this absolute distillation of the best and worst tendencies of the Internet because Wikipedia is both your best friend and uh, your greatest enemy because you, you know, if Wikipedia, you want to look something up, bam, you click on it, you type it in, it's probably there. On the other hand, 
Wikipedia is one of those that you will just lose hours and hours and hours of your life looking up things whose existence did not even occur to you, whose existence you hadn't even remembered until you went there to look up something totally unrelated like an hour ago. So, like Solomon Grundy. All right, we have to stop yep. this now. Hey, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be happy to be your random Luke Skywalker winner if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> no. All right, thanks. Bye. Uh, one more and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hi, this is Charles. Hello, Charles. Uh, I was originally calling to... Uh, um, talk to you about your uh, nouns and verbs regarding lead and led yes, yesterday. Sir. Please tell me you're not calling about that now. No. All okay. Right, Actually, I'd like to talk to uh, or have you talk to Storm Large about her show at Portland Center Stage. Yes. It's coming up in a few months. It's called Crazy and, Enough. Yes, uh, it's a one-woman show. Her Portland Center Stage. So, yes. uh, no. have her give her a plug. She'll be. Uh, I'll be sure to give Storm a plug for you, sir. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks so Bye. much. Storm's going to be here. Will you give her a plug? And yes, they do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Back after this, Byron Beck will be here. Uh, we will uh, have CNN radio correspondent Ed McCarthy joining us later on as well. Uh, Jonathan Colton is going to be on the phone with us. Glorious bastard of the week, and more. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. As we celebrate mediocrity, all the boys upstairs want to see how much you'll pay for what you used to get for. the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for joining us. It is Thursday. Coming up later on in today's program, Jonathan Colton, Ooh. geek icon extraordinaire, uh, will be joining us. We'll also have a, another nomination for It's the Worst Story in the History of the Universe. Uh, we have The Greatest Songs Ever Made. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy will be with us today. Uh, and something else that seemed unbelievably compelling and fascinating just a few minutes ago. So, all right, it's 503-733-2970. In just a few moments, we will be... There you go. Uh, in a few moments, we will be joined by Byron Beck, uh, Portland. Cat, I keep wanting to say raconteur, but it's not raconteur. It's gadfly. All right. Uh, and uh, this is ultra. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. What's up? Hello, sir. This is Dan. Hey, Dan. How can I help you today? Well, no, I just wanted to mention, I don't know if it was brought up earlier, that uh, there will be, uh, and myself included, some more jobless folks in the Portland area. Uh, how so? That would be an Intel has uh, announced some pretty big cuts. So, And uh, I uh, was wondering, I will have a lot of time on my hands, as you can imagine, and uh, I was interested in uh, killing some zombies with you sometimes. So. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me back up for a second. So 
I'm sorry. This is I'm waiting for the caffeine that I ingested to actually get in my brain and begin firing uh, my uh, adrenal glands. So you so you work or perhaps past tense worked at Intel? Yeah, I'm currently working. They they gave us a a uh, uh, notice that the factory that I will be working in will be shutting down on the horizon. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's probably about six seven months away, but it's uh it's kind of like that thing on the horizon that. So far away, but you know it's there, so you're kind of nervous about it. So they've given you, now do you got, I mean, is it like they've given you a timeline, like it's going to be 60 days, 90 days, whatever? No, no, I think it's a matter of uh, at this date, we'll stop making stuff, so anything goes. It's it's your job to find a job. I see. uh, It's a a difficult situation. I've never had to deal with this before. Uh, It's brand brand new, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that uh, I'm sure... Plenty of people out there know that, but it's kind of like, you know, a situation where you're going to see me probably holding a sign that says, you know, we'll build microprocessors for food. And by the way, we've got this here. It says, uh, Intel to close Hillsborough facility. Intel Corporation plans to close five plants, including a factory in Hillsborough. The computer chip maker said the move is a desire to, quote, streamline some... Right, there you go, by the Streamline, way. Streamline, really? It's like they can, they can try to cloak it as best they can, but really, as soon as that word comes out, really, the, uh, the jig is up. Streamline some older capacity without impacting the deployment of new manufacturing capacity. Apparently only impacted the actual manufacturers. Along with a Fab 20 uh, Hillsborough plant, which the company describes as an older 200-millimeter wafer fabrication facility. Boy, they really know how to do the sexy talk. (laughs) Facilities in Santa Clara, California, the Philippines, and two in Malaysia will also be shutting down. The Hillsborough closure will affect about 1,000 people who are their most important asset. It's a very technical job, you know, and there's very specific skill sets that one acquires when uh, performing a job like that. And in this area... Of course, it's known as a silicon forest, but it seems to be wilting a bit. Yeah. Well, don't worry, sir. I'm sure they're going to make t- uh, you know cuts at the top as well. I'm sure they wouldn't possibly take out the company's lowered early, you know, earnings on just like the uh, the middle and you know and lower end of the work scale. Sure that there'll be uh, sure there'll be uh, you know equanimity of uh, you know of cut. So, well, I'm sorry to hear it. So, uh, do me a favor as uh, as it progresses. If you hear more news about that, drop me uh, drop me an email because we get a lot of. Uh, I if you go upstairs to our uh, our webmistresses department of the IT department. You can actually see, you can look at the sort of domain names, and you can see where people are listening and where people are downloading the show. And a lot of those say, you know, intel.com. So I know we have a lot of listeners there. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm sorry to hear that things are uh, kind of going south. Please be sure to uh, to keep me in the loop on it. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. Right, there you go. All right. It is uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. All right. So, just, so we can uh, pull back the curtain or the wall or... I don't know, show the thing, whatever it is that you don't typically show. So uh, our good friends from uh, Coin News are in the studio at the moment. Uh, Jessica and, um, and Dean, uh, who I've met a couple times. And so I guess this is the, um, so this is, I suppose, the, uh, this is the, uh, this is like the trained monkey segment uh, where I'm supposed to be. Uh, oh, you're acting all uncomfortable. Don't be uncomfortable. No, here's the, no, here's the thing is that it, I was thinking about this this morning, so just uh, if, if I seemed if I seemed a little uh, scattered or uh, you know whatever uh, early on in the program, um, I think it's just because I woke up today and I realized I don't I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I just don't care, and so maybe well, that's, there you go. That's how we feel. We just don't care. Anymore. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't care. I just we care about uh, Sam Adams as a person, but this topic is just really. I just I'm just so. It, it, I think I just reached this point of of, and you can start filming now if you want to, because I because we had. So uh, if I sound if I sound uh, uncomfortable or not like my normal uh, silver tongued mellifluous self, 
which is like entirely possible. It's not because I'm trying to be, uh, and this is this just goes for everybody, for anybody who who who, you know, if you're emailing, if you're calling, and and you are, by the way, about about Sam Adams, or if you're, you know, whatever. And Sarah got some like un, unholy, unhinged hate mail about it this morning. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. Whatever. I mean, really, the best kind of hate mail, the kind we can't read on the air. Um, and so we, you know, I don't even know when the whole thing when it came out of it was Monday. Byron Beck, uh, we'll go ahead and introduce Byron Beck here. I'm sort of zen with the fact that today is going to be kind of a warts and all program. So hi guys, I will tell I will tell everybody, including the people who are listening. Uh, you know, maybe if you're tuning by for the first time, if you're a recent convert to the Rick Emerson way of life, if you are in fact from Coin and you're standing in the studio hoping for great radio footage that you will probably not get from me today, um, I'll just uh, I'll tell you that it's all just it's become just such a blur. And and you know, I was just talking to the guy from Intel who's getting laid off, which. You know, I was trying to sort of, uh, I was trying to, I don't know, I, I was trying to sort of uh, uh, reconcile, you know, the, 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 the Sam Adams thing with all of these sort of, I don't know, kind of a weird afterglow that everybody still has from the, from the you know, from the inauguration on Tuesday with the fact that Intel's going to be blowing a thousand people out uh, in Hillsborough and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, you're trying to juggle all of this stuff at once. And um, anyway, so it, so the week has been... I mean, it's one of those weeks. I always say, like, it feels like it's been about thirty or forty days so far, and it's only Wednesday. So it's Byron awesome. Beck is here, and we'll just sort of go ahead and bring you on without fanfare at the moment, Byron Beck. This is where the Golden Girls theme would normally be playing underneath yeah, yeah, you, so you'll have to. Well, just it's sort not of... a Golden Girls day. Um, you know, you say you don't care, and I understand that, but I do. I I took off a day from my part-time job that I'm doing right now to come and talk to you because I do care. And it's not. It's. I don't think it's not a, a lack of caring, Byron. I think it's well, a lack of paying attention to. I don't know, like this this chaos that's happening around. Well, the and let me sort this of this chaos is about to take out a mayor. Well, and let me just sort of clarify before we before we sort of move on here. So I will clarify to say that it's yeah, saying saying that I don't care is is the wrong way to put it. That is that is an, an inaccurate assessment. It's it is just that uh, I I think I've just reached this. I don't know. I've just reached some weird. I've just reached this like this maximum capacity. I think uh, maybe just since I came in this morning. So I mean, we will talk about it. You know, it's a story. If it's news, I mean, we'll continue to discuss it. But I. Uh, but first of all, when did when did it actually when was like the actual news revelation? When did the actual news story? Monday afternoon. Was it Monday? Monday at four p.m. All right, so it was Monday, and then Tuesday rolls around, and we have uh, we have the inauguration, and and it was on the front page of the Oregonian, I guess Tuesday, right? right. Where it said Adams admits sex with adult. I'm sorry, with teen, uh, and so and so that that happens, and it kind of I mean I don't know whether it was. Time that way, you know, whether he timed his announcement that way or whether the, you know, the Willamette timed there and to coincide with the inauguration. But I do know that that was the same day that a lot of companies decided to fire 10% of their workforce on the theory that it's not going to get discussed a whole lot, which didn't work, by the way. So, uh, so that happens on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday happens. And Wednesday, everybody, you know, there's this sort of, there's this, uh, there's this great sequence in the uh, in the movie uh, in the movie Bamboozled, which is about a television writer, and he's sitting there at home and he's trying to brainstorm ideas for the TV show, uh, you know that he's in charge of, and he can't quite figure out what to do. And they show a shot of his television sitting in the living room, and there's this sign taped above it that just says in big letters, "Feed the beast. You must feed the beast," which is you know and he's saying that there's 168 hours of television every week that he's got to feed, um, and so yesterday, Wednesday, the day after the inauguration. We came in here, and I think I'd actually talk to Sarah about this, um, 
in the kitchen, and I said, I said, you know, I said, you know, that Sam Adams thing was, was you know, big on Tuesday. I said it's going to be even bigger today. It's going to be everywhere because today everybody's all okay. The inauguration is done. What should we talk about next? Ooh, gay. Uh, you know, and then that became like the bright, shiny object that everybody is glomming onto, uh, us included, by the way. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to make, you know, put myself above whatever. So we came in yesterday, and it was, it was one of those things that, you know, and I've done radio for a long time, I've done talk radio for almost 15 years now, and it was one of those things like, like gun control or nuclear power or you know whatever, and especially back, you know, 10, 12 years ago in talk radio, where you would come in. And you would just say the words, you know, just the three syllables, gun control. And then it would just be nothing uh, but jackasses on either side of the equation just calling up uh, to screech at one another. Uh, you know, it, which, is, which is fine. Everybody's got to make a living, my, you know, me included. Um, but it was a lot of that yesterday. And it was just one of those discussions that went just went from like zero to nuclear. It, it just so uh, instantly. And there was just... And I do have a point, and I know I'm rambling and whatever, but everybody's going to have to just sort of bear with me at the moment. That I think this goes back to what I'm about to say about the discussion goes back to what I think about uh, about the issue. And then, uh, and then, uh, Byron, I, you know, we, uh, I, I do, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to, I want to sort of set up where I'm coming from. Um, in that, I think the reaction. Not just on this show, not just from our callers, uh, but, uh, you know, everywhere, the, the the figurative man on the street and all of that. It's just that there's no sense of proportion. And I think Don Taylor made that point yesterday. There is just absolutely no sense of proportion to be had. That there is a different, I mean, to the and, uh, and, uh, to, to, because to the best of my knowledge, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, I don't know. Maybe it comes out uh, that there is some sort of illegality, the actual breaking of a law, fine. The breaking of a law... You you let me know about it. You tell me as soon as that's found out to be the case. As I understand the story right now, there is certainly, depending on one's perspective, inappropriate behavior. Uh, maybe uh, I heard somebody uh, yesterday say that uh, being sleazy isn't a crime. You know, somebody else's assessment of the situation, but but in point of fact, it's not. Uh, having somebody having fi- having somebody find you unbelievably hot isn't against the law. Uh, and, and, you know, and, you know and, and sex between consenting adults, which is over the age of 18, by the way, uh, is also not a crime. So you can say that uh, maybe you shouldn't have done it, should have had better judgment, say you should have uh, you'd have been more forthcoming about it. And all of those, some of them, any number of them uh, might be true. But it does seem like we got real problems to deal with. I mean, we've got a, a city... I mean, I always say potholes, but you know, we got the Selwood Bridge that they actually have a big sign on saying trucks can't drive on this bridge because you know it'll collapse. Uh, you know, we got Intel laying off a thousand people. With Oregon has a higher unemployment rate than the rest of the country. It does seem like there is such a thing as an appropriate place and time, not only for sexual conduct, but for what seems to be this like unbelievably. Uh, hyper-focused, beyond all sense of scale and reason, obsession with said sexual behavior. So, I'm going to tell you right now, it seems to me like if you're old enough to, uh, and even though he wasn't the mayor at at the time, it seems like you're old enough to vote uh, for a guy, you're old enough to decide what you want to do with him when the two of you are alone. And it also seems like we got, you know, actual things we could be trying to solve right now. There's only a finite amount of energy to go around in this city, in this state, in this country. So you can be irritated about it. You can get all jacked up about the issue if you want to. You can say that, like, look, uh, you know, he, he, should have, he shouldn't have done it or he should have, you know, shouldn't have lied about it. Uh, all of these things, 
You know, all of these things are, are certainly the province of your own opinion. You're entitled to have them, whatever. But it, it, it really seems like we should have moved beyond in a post-1998 era the idea that we're going to spend all of our resources and time and energy and mental acuity worrying about something that really, as uh, as my mother would say, doesn't mean anything to a tree. Well, it just seems like nobody's going to be happy until they just pound him down into the ground. It just seems like it's building and building toward this, and it's not going to stop until everyone finally you know, gets what they want, which is to get him out of office. Right. So anyway, so that being said, uh, Byron, um, you know, and, and you know, I know that, and I know at this point, obviously, you can't speak for for you know, you speak only for yourself at this point. I You're not with the well, I, 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 yeah. I guess what I guess what I'm saying is, I, I do want to make it. I do want to speak, and I, and I do want to make it very clear here before we go forward, though, that just you know, not not just because there's a camera pointed at me at the moment, but just because it is it is one of those it is one of those divisive things, uh, you know that. I don't know if we're on the same page in this way. I suspect we probably are. But I do want to know what your thoughts are. Just, you know, Byron Beck, the person. Well, okay, let's start with, uh, I talked to Sam last night. I talked to him uh, late last night. And uh, the man is, you know, very upset. He He's having some uh, real difficulty dealing with this. And he uh, he is really hurting right now. And I think what's hurting him so much, and this is my opinion, not his opinion, is that it has grown to be such a big story in such a short time. And one of the things I really want to uh, emphasize here is that uh, some gay people who are supposed to be his biggest supporters have come out against him, specifically Just Out newspaper, saying that that the gay community does not support Sam Adams. I am here to say that the gay community does support Sam Adams. There are members of the gay community who do not uh, agree with Just Out newspaper and that we are here to say, yes, we support Sam Adams. I've chosen up to this point, I've, I've known about this story for a long time, I've chosen the, up to this point to not talk about because I did not think it was a story. Personally, did not think it was a story. Did not think it was uh, worthy of coverage. Now, because of what's happening to Sam right now, I am choosing to come out in the press on your show and say, I support this man. Yes, he made a mistake. Yes, he did something wrong. Yes, he lied to us. But he will still be a great mayor, a great mayor. We have to give this man a chance. If you've noticed uh, in the person, the story, the people that broke the story is Willamette Week. Willamette Week has not asked for his resignation, even though on Coin.com they they say that they did, but it was actually in a. I think they misquoted. Uh, the, they were thinking of the Portland Tribune. It was the Tribune and the Oregonian, and just out that asked for his resignation, not Willamette Week. And I personally think that no one should be asking for this man's resignation. He made a mistake. We need to move on. Well, and and so, and I would also say that there, you know, as I was saying earlier, there's, there is such a thing as a there is such a thing as a proportional uh, response. And in my in, the, in my assessment as well, the, 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 I think what I think what people sometimes forget is that being being mayor is a job. You know what I mean? When he fills out his tax form, Sam Adams puts down, you know, mayor of Portland. That is a job. It is a job like being. It, it's a job like being a bricklayer. It's a job uh, like, uh, you know, uh, it's a job like working at a restaurant. It's a job. Now it's a, it's a difficult job. It's a challenging job. It's a job that comes with a lot of stress. Comes a job that comes with a lot of benefit. It's a job. 
And so really, all I care about is whether he's getting the job done. Well, I mean, we got, can can you know. he do the job? It's the same thing with President Clinton. In, in this situation, you have to remind us, this situation reminds me a lot of what happened to President Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And in a lot of ways, this character named Bo Breedlove is very much like a Monica Lewinsky. And no one's saying that because this is a, a young gentleman who knew who Sam Adams was, knew what he wanted out of him, and went for it. So... There is two people involved in this relationship. There are two people that uh, are responsible for what's happened. And I want to go back to this Clinton thing. Did Clinton, was Clinton allowed to continue to be president? Did he do a good job? Did he stop being a good president because of all the taxpayer money that was wasted on the Lewinsky scandal? I, I would have to say he continued to be a good president, and he continued to be a good uh, a good force in our country. Can Sam Adams continue to be mayor? Yes. Will this distract us from the work that has to be done? Yes, right now it is distracting. It is impossible to get anything done in City Hall. I, my understanding is city commissioners can go to the bathroom without being stopped by a reporter. So, and really, and by the way, speaking of reporters, by the way, um, I have many friends who are reporters. Uh, and I'll just say this, that this, I've, I'm all for everybody making a living, and by people making a living, I'm talking about the Willamette Week. Like, I know it's a difficult time if you're working in the print world, and and, and I don't mean this in a snarky way. I mean, like, you know, I mean, you know, working in news is a business, and they'll sort of lie to you and say that it's not. No, 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 we're here operating for the public necessity and the good, and we're here as a pillar of the, which is, which is, of course, a, that's a, that's what, uh, that's what I call a transparent falsehood. Um, or what other people would simply call a, an untruth. If you're working in the news, you're working to make money like everybody else, which is fine. I mean, we're a capitalist society, and I am proudly part of that capitalist society. That's what, you know, we, we live in a, in a free market system and a free market economy, which is fine. So I understand the newspapers got to make money. I understand newspapers got to get readers. I understand newspapers got to get advertisers, and all of those things are predicated on what they call top-of-mind awareness. If you're a newspaper, you got to get people, especially now, you got to get people to think that you are still relevant. Newspapers have to make a claim for their own continued existence and for the fact that they still matter in American society. So, which is why you see a disproportionate amount of resources sort of poured into something like trying to uncover this, uh, this Sam Adams story. And I think when the Willamette was the same paper that had the Neil Goldschmidt thing, right? Which Absolutely. was an actual, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was an actual underage statutory yeah. situation. It's a very so, situation. So, but. Right. And so I think in the, you know, the course of a couple of years, we've got a newspaper that has gone from, undercover, from uncovering statutory rape and an actual crime to breaking the story of a consensual relationship with adults, which is not really like a page out of Woodward and Bernstein or anything. So... It, yeah, uh, it I, seems I, like the, the shifting standards of journalism and the vagaries of the American economy are uh, part and parcel of one another at this it, point. It's difficult for me to talk about Willamette Week because I worked there for nine years and I believe in alternative journalism. I also provided the photos of Bo Breedlove and Sam Adams. I have the only photo of Sam Adams and Bo Breedlove uh, together that has surfaced so far. And I, I gave I, it was one, during my tenure at Willamette Week that I took the picture at the Nines Hotel and it just so happened to say no minors allowed in the background of the photo um so um that is actually a photo i took now i was just doing my job i provided that picture at the time to our flicker pool it, it is just part of what i was doing um is it salacious is willamette week delving into tabloid journalism i don't <laughs> yes. think i don't think that's for me to say but i i i i i've had a very hard time 
since I knew about the story for months, back when Bob Ball, who's also part of this situation, since Bob Ball said, uh, you know, I'm trying to protect this young person, when in fact I think Bob Ball had his own self-interest in becoming mayor and knew he had a really good get on Sam that he could basically destroy a man, as we're seeing is happening right now. What people are forgetting is we're about to destroy a person over gossip. It's happened before, and we're about to destroy a very good man who has a very good chance of doing amazing things for this uh, city over gossip. Now, do I think that's what Willamette Week did? No. I think Willamette Week did a story. I think Willamette Week did a story. I, I think Nigel, and I respect Nigel 100%. I believe in his uh, uh, reporting skills, and I think that they did what they someone would have done. It would have been the Oregonian. I know that the, one of the reasons that the story came out, when it came out, was the Oregonian was on it too. So th there were... There was an energy or a synergy or a ball that was rolling down the hill, and this story was coming out. That Willamette Week got there first. It just shows you that the reporting skills of Nigel are really good. Now, am I defending Willamette Week? No. I don't work there anymore. But I'm not saying that they don't have a right to tell that story. Well, they, I mean, look, I mean, they, they, they certainly have. I mean, this is just my, this is the opinion of Rick Emerson, the individual and citizen <laughs> and bloviator. Uh, so does, I from my perspective, uh, does Willamette Week have a right to talk about that? Sure. But, I mean, let's not, you and I, confuse it with actual news. That's all I'm saying. Oh, come on, Rick. Come on. Don't You can't say that. I love that you get the pulpit. And, you know, this is what's hard about me be, not being at the Willamette Week anymore is that I, I probably would have written something about this. I, 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 in fact, should have written something about this. But because I can't, it's, it's left to you. It's left to people just out to decide what it is. We don't know what it is until uh, we find out from the Attorney General. Well, okay. That, no, that, see, that's true. See, I'll grant you that. I'll grant you uh, that there's an investigation ongoing. That I will totally give you. But unless I have missed something, like in the last, I don't know, uh, 15 minutes, uh, to, from, to my knowledge, there is actually no known information at this point that is illegal or hints at illegality. Right. And I really am asking, am I wrong about that? I mean, uh, you, I mean, I, I'm not. It's been alluded to, but just like Byron's yeah. saying, it's gossip. And I'm not asking that rhetorically. I mean, really, honestly, uh, is there the implication that a crime has been committed? Because well, I'm asking, because I'm not going to pretend that, we, that I know. We it know all. that a mayor lied. We know that. So, well, it, that's not really what I asked. Yes, about. but, but, I mean, I, I think what you're saying was, is there, is this a story? No, this is not a story about uh, uh, sexuality. This is not a story about two gay men. But it's become that story. And why is this story? It, it gets into a complex uh, region of how we look at gay people in our society. And I'm not going to play the gay card, although I could. And I think Sam played the gay card in a way that he shouldn't have back uh, at the beginning of this campaign. Um, but it's a very complicated conversation that I don't know if it's I, we can do it in here. The gay card is the one that has Paul Lind as the Joker, by the way. All right. Uh, take care, American. We'll come back after this. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. It's uh, Thursday. Back after this.
go. That's fantastic. Great. Oh, it's crazy. Inadvertently <laughs> deafened storm. It's okay. I never Jesus. use my ears. I so badly want to keep talking about boobs in Star Wars today. You Let's talk about that. boobs. I'm here. So, uh, this is the part in the program where I apologize for having a big quasi-breakdown for the last half an hour about how I'm, you know, like, exhausted. Rick Emerson, may, talk everyone, about it for may everyone another... have a, a breakdown as articulately as you. Oh, you. Can I spend another hour talking about the 20-minute monologue that I, uh, you know... Seriously, I was timing you. I'm like, Jesus. this is going on for a while. You know, I was impressed. It was... It was... I was too. The, the train of thought that he gets, and he can just it, keep rolling. It, the train went, wanted, the train went straight. Ra- yeah, I wanted him to wrap up. It wasn't, just, it wasn't like no. Zoo Train that stops at the monkeys and, you know, and there's all funny lights and children screaming and throwing up. It was a straight line train. It it's, was good. It's just, I was saying, I was talking to a court from KU from the hallway, saying it's like I was suddenly back in 1996 where every single call had to either be about Bill Clinton or O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. And where you just kind of, you, every day you just sort of look at the screen and you start to weep silently to yourself. You're like, can we just talk about recipes or mini pearl or something, please? <laughs> the love of God. Well, oral sex and murder, it just sells papers. And Storm Large, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Storm. How are you today? Is that, am not allowed to say that? No, you didn't get that. You just, I didn't know that's a, a clinical scientific term. It is clinically and scientifically. That we'll try not to use again. Okay, yes, sir. I'm very. Uh, hello, Storm. Hi, Rick. How are you, honey? I'm okay. Uh, so, uh, as as really as here's as there was actually a, a mantra going on in the hallway yesterday that every time like some there'd be some weird glitch or there'd be a problem or some snafu upstairs, the mantra for the hallways was, "Well, at least you're not Sam Adams." Am I right? So, oh, yes. So, really, when you ask me how I am today, it's a relative statement, um, I suppose, because things could be much worse. Things could I, be much hey, worse. Hey, you know what? I could be working or not at Intel. Right. Uh, which just or laid Microsoft. off. Let's just, in fact, let's just go down the list here. So, today, when, uh, uh, when story number one is apparently consensual uh, sex between adults... Uh, Intel, no, 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 no. An adult and a teen. I'm sorry, Sarah. I didn't mean to say adult. I meant to say 18-year-old which is a teenager, which is almost like being underage, except that you can vote and go to Iraq and be put in the electric chair. But it's a minor point, I know. Those are, I forget what those, those uh, what are they called? Facts. Uh, I, didn't mean to, uh, I didn't mean to use those. I'm sorry. I'll get back to the obfuscations. So uh, today when Hillsborough is laying off 1,000 people at Intel, uh, Sarah just read a thing said Microsoft. Microsoft getting 5,000 jobs Thursday morning. 5,000. announced uh, 5,000 jobs over the next 18 months, including 1,400 today. So 1,400 jobs lost at Microsoft. Clear Channel in Portland fired 9% of their workforce uh, this week. Oh, and by the way, Sun Microsystems is firing uh, 1,200 people. So there you go. So uh, on that note... Things could be much worse. But uh, Michelle for me. Obama looked amazing. How amazing was her dress, right? <laughs> Gold, sparkly. She is a beautiful woman. She is. She Hottest was, first she lady ever. She really is. And those kids just look genetically enhanced. Speaking of official first ladies, uh, you have to understand that Storm Large has been designated the unofficial, official, official, unofficial first lady of uh, Portland by our very own mayor, Mayor Sam Adams. This is a woman who sang his. Uh, opening ceremonies, the first day he was in office. This is a woman that loves this man with a lot of passion. Now you're just trying to make her cry. You're totally stop trying it. to make her totally cry. Totally trying stop. to go for the trying to go for the tears. Byron, stop. Uh, but she is she's a close person to Sam, and I knew I was coming on today, and I, I I thought Storm should come on too because she is the first lady of Portland in our mayor's eyes, and she is a big supporter of him, and I think she has a lot to say about it. I actually, uh, so Storm and I were emailing back and forth uh, last night, <laughs> and um, uh, because you yeah, you sent me a text or something during the show, and Storm and I were sort of sending emails back and forth, and Storm, I think at one point, last night, you sent me an email, and you said, 
Look, uh, Byron wants me to come on on Thursday, but I think I'm just going to make things worse. I'm so angry. And it's like I could hear you turning into She-Hulk. And I was giving Rick a pep talk to him. I'm like, you know, we all love Storm. I'm like, but, you know, after our eight-minute conversation yesterday. I can no, hear your I... skin turning green. Right. So, all right. Well, I look good green. Well, because we promised, let's speak to the people and see what they have to say about this. I now say hitting the random call button. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Yeah, I just want to know why you guys, or I'd like to ask why you guys uh, is, are believing Sam Adams' Monday statement when he's been... Uh, now, before you finish the question, before you finish the question, let me ask you a preemptive question. Is this going to be one of those questions uh, that I don't actually get to answer uh, because you already have the answer, or will I get to respond? Well, I'm asking... Uh, I'm just saying, if it's going to be an actual dialogue, go ahead. Of course you get to respond. Okay, to so what is your question well, specifically? Why do you believe sad Sam Adams' Monday statement that it was after Free uh, Love was 18? Because there is no evidence to the contrary. Oh, and he's right. out. Oh. Wait, you just no, take as no, much no, time no, as you no, need. No. And also, also, there is an, <laughs> there, no, 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 there is an ongoing investigation because there was so much lying going on about this initial. Exactly. In, in, hold on. I know we're all upset here, but we have to remember the compassion of humanity. And there's a lot of people and a lot of pain everywhere. But that doesn't mean we can vent and destroy someone's life without a full investigation. There's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of hearsay. And there is not a full independent investigation completed yet. Lots of bones are tumbling more out of now. The, uh, more of the pesky facts exactly. we're talking about. Exactly. And well, so I we need to, and we need to, right, and we need to wait until all the facts are cleared up. But you have to admit, just as a man, as a young man, you sound like a young man, um, the initial question was personal and inappropriate. Do you agree? Um, that, that, that's kind of beside the point. No, it isn't. No, no I'm sorry. That doesn't count as an answer. No, no, no. Wait no. a second. Wait a second. Sam Adams did not just respond casually or carelessly to a question he was casually or carelessly mm -hmm. asked. He actually wrote a letter to the city um, mm -hmm. that was sent around that, uh, so he lied on, clarified. So he lied on you paper, know, which is worse. Absolutely. Why? No, I was being and, facetious. And now, wait a second. Now, wait a second. Let me just finish my point, and I'll get mm -hmm. off. Go ahead. Go but ahead. I, I agree with this notion that uh, um, we need to wait. Okay. Well, then, then that. Wait a second. But that answers your question, wait though. For the, the full and fair independent right. investigation, yeah. um, we need to wait before we condemn him and, and pretend that he is either guilty or innocent. Right, but, that, but, but I guess... I can't... No, 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 Byron, stop. No, 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 okay, let me... I just want to answer, because you have answered your own question, sir. You called, you said, why am I assuming that he was of age, that, you know, that Breedlove was of age, and that Sam Adams didn't break the law? You just answered it, because in America, by definition, and in fact, in point in point of fact, according to written law, one assumes that that is the case until it is proven otherwise. But I hear you guys saying he should just this should just be ignored and left alone. It should be ignored by the people other than the professionals who are doing the investigation because if you listen to the ground, ear to the ground, you don't even need to get that close to the ground. Everyone is screaming for his head. And by the way, we have also but said repeatedly on this show, we have also said repeatedly that if it does turn out that there's an illegality, then that is a totally separate matter. But we're not there yet, sir. 
And also you have to remember that Sam doesn't think anyone's going to believe him that he was with an 18-year-old because it's a gay thing. It's a gay thing. We have to understand that it's a gay thing because he thinks that some people think he was not with someone who was 18. And we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Until we know differently, we have to give him the benefit of the so, doubt. And so I don't mean to, you know, so that, but that is, that is the thing. So when you, you say, why is there an assumption he didn't break the law? Because legally speaking, the legal system and America makes the assumption you did not break the law. But the acknowledgement that there needs to be an investigation. Okay, but that's, right. a, but that's a separate is an, issue. There is an investigation that, ongoing. Yeah, which is due, but that is, but that is not the question you asked, right? The question you asked was, why do we assume his innocence? And the question is, it's the same reason we'd assume your innocence if somebody said that you had a bunch of Cub Scouts in your basement. Well, see, wait a second. That all changed on Monday when he came out and said, I lied. Let me ask you this. Let me just a separate. You can't assume that he's telling the truth. Let me ask you this you can't question. Assume that Sam I, Adams is telling the truth. Now. He is telling the truth. We believe he's telling the truth. And the reason why I believe he's telling the truth is because people believe because he's a gay guy, he might not be telling the truth. I say, it sounds like we've answered your question, and you've answered it, too. All right. Well, I mean, sir, and I don't mean to be rude, but there's, as they say, a full bank of calls. So we got to move on. So uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for your call. And I'd like to thank the folks from COIN for coming in today. Sorry I was Johnny Thanks, Buzzkill. Guys. I'll try to be peppier next time. You guys don't see because we're on the radio, but she's a very beautiful girl, and she'll be on TV tonight. No, no, no. Dean's, Dean's a beautiful girl as Dean's well. Dean's a beautiful girl, too, inside. Thanks, Dean. All right. Born in the wrong body, that one. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How can I be of uh, assistance to you today? Hey, Rick. Um, yeah, I agree with all you folks. I totally I, I, I First off, I question who it is that's calling for his head, but I don't even want to talk about that. What's really upsetting me Oh, I thought you this, meant something else. <laughs> you know, that's, as long as it's the consenting adults. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is um, in this economy, you know, everything, I mean, businesses all over Portland, if not healthy, are, you know what I mean, everybody's hurting a little bit right now. And that's got to trickle back to the Willamette Week. And I'm not saying that they pulled this story and decided to put it out now because they're in trouble. But, you know, this is the kind of thing that um, would say, hey, look, we're relevant. You know, we, we are still important. You, you know, know what? This is that's a good, good place point. to put your advertising dollars. Can I, uh... And, you know, the way I'm thinking about it, it's like maybe a lot of people are calling for Sam's head. But, you know, I believe in Sam. I'm a straight man. I also believe in a lot of fairness, you know. And regardless of their motivations, um, this really, really has me thinking long and hard. Um, you were using the word tabloid journalism in the last, uh, the last um, whatever you call that, before the break. Segment, yeah. And I'm looking at the Wooly Week a little bit more that, that way, and I'm really thinking, um, do I really want to um, either put an ad in that paper or support the people who do put ads? Well, you know, let me just, I operate on this theory that uh, people have heard ad infinitum from me, uh, that there is a quote from the David Simon television series, The Wire, for every occasion. Some people say it's The Godfather. Uh, our boss here says that there's a Godfather quote for every occasion. There is, in my opinion, uh, a Wire quote for every occasion, and the fifth season of The Wire takes place at the Baltimore Sun, which is a newspaper. Uh, and there is a moment where the city desk editor is talking to a copy editor who is expressing some reservations about the sorts of stories that they are running. And this was just uh, came out last year, so it's very much in the current media economy. And the city editor says, you know what? The pond is shrinking. The fish are nervous. So what do you do? You run a story. You win an award. Maybe you can find yourself a bigger pond for a while. Mm-hmm. So, and the, the, you know, th this paper's won awards. You know, they, they've won awards. I think that the you know major. What didn't they get a Pulitzer? 
Yes, yes, they did. They did, and I just the seams below that. The seams below that, especially. Uh, with we'll this we'll whole have to thing talk of, to Mark Sussman about it. And I'm going to have to end the call before you before you continue to say long and hard and below. So thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. i got to go. All right. Uh, let's see. What are we doing? Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, hey, Rick and uh, everybody there. Hi. Um, yeah, I love Sam Adams. He's, um, I think, a great mayor, will be a great mayor, um, except for this one thing, you know, about how he did lie when he was asked directly yes. about that situation. Just not just that he lied, just the, the whole way that it was handled. Let me ask and, you. Let yeah. me let me ask you a about the lie because I've been meaning to ask several people this, and then we always kind of get sidetracked into something else. I mean, what what is a politician allowed to lie about, in your opinion? I'm not asking that rhetorically. I mean, honestly, literally, give me an example of something that a politician. Because everybody said, well, because this is the. This is the sort of party line that has emerged uh, where I'm not, you know, it's one thing if people actually believe it, but I sort of get the feeling that many people, I'm not talking about you necessarily, I get the feeling a lot of people are calling up uh, my show or others, and they're saying something not because they believe it, but because they've kind of been heard that's what you say. You know, they've heard that that this is the line, and the line is, well, you know, Rick, it's not so much that he's a, a gay man. It's that he lied, and that's the problem. And okay, I think a lot of people are. Yes. Well, okay. Well, just hold on, hold on. Before we all lose our heads, I think a lot of people believe that, but I think a lot of people are also saying that because it's what they've heard. You know, you're supposed to say that's how you're supposed to. That's how you're supposed to address the issue. So my question is, okay, well, so he can't lie about this and remain mayor. So what is he allowed to lie? In other words, is any lie about anything a disqualification? And if not, why not? Right. Well, no, I think. Yes. I mean, any lie about anything is a disqualification. But what you want to do, instead of lying about a situation that you might be in, no matter what it is, how small it is, don't answer. Okay, or, okay but he didn't answer. And here, here's an honest question. Um, if you think for one second that if he had said, yes, I had sexual relations with this good-looking boy, he was legally, uh, he was of legal age, and uh, he he was somewhat uh, looking up to me in terms of mentorship. Um, do you think for a moment he would be elected mayor? That's a good question. Exactly, uh, and that's the question that he had to sleep with every well, night. Well, exactly, but now see, the whole thing is how did he handle that? Poorly. Initially, exactly. So he, he handled, handled that situation he very poorly. Card, I mean, right? Can I ask if you're gay? Are you gay? I'm not. No. So he played the gay card, which is a bad thing to do. But, you know, as a gay person and you live your entire life as a gay person, you're told you're nothing but crap and you're told you never can survive and you're told you're never going to succeed and you're told what you do is wrong. You want to play the gay card every once in a while. And I understand. Yeah. No, you don't. Well, I, can, I think you don't. Well, because okay. You're, maybe not I don't gay. Because I'm not, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, so why couldn't he just say none of your business? He did. He did, and he 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 had a he had a person who was wanting to run against him, who wanted to destroy him, and could destroy him, and he played the gay card. Does okay. he regret playing the gay card? Yes, he regrets playing. And the also, gay card. also, let me let me. No, I understand better now why no. he. Yeah, and 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 I and I can hear that you do, but what um, if you're not one of the thousands of unfortunate folks who are going to lose their jobs this week? What do you do for a living? Uh, well, I'm a dental technician. Awesome. Yeah. I've probably had my mouth open too many times, but that's my old job. Um, I uh, wanted to ask you that, are you married? Yes. Okay. So do you think that if 
you cheated on your wife and someone asked you if you cheated on well, just once you went to jiggle something happened uh you got all hopped up on sprites whatever and something happened stuff happens all the time and someone asked you and you denied it and then it came out and proved it was proven that you did cheat on your wife with someone from Jiggles, and you're very embarrassed, and it's very unfortunate that you lied. Do you think you would not be able to uh, successfully clean and numb a bicuspid anymore? Well, absolutely not. I, I know I could. I, mean, I would still be able to do my job in any. It doesn't affect my job, no. Thank you. That's but, all I need to know. Okay, okay. But part of the job of mayor is decision making. Yes. And see, and that's where I have the big not not the problem with with this, well, with Sam Adams particularly. Just I don't know what I would have done in his shoes. Exactly, well, they're that's... really big, scary shoes to fill, well, man. And, yeah. Well, that's the other thing is this idea that somehow, uh, like your politicians, must be held to a higher standard, which is. Here's, and, you know, as, as is always the case, George Carlin kind of is the final word on a lot of things. But he knows <laughs> that you know the politicians. You know, the politicians are us. They come, you know, they are, they come from and are elected by and are governed by us. I mean, there is no, like, ma there's no magical farm or planet where politicians are grown. Right. I mean, they come from us. And here's the thing. Everybody, we're all kind of dumb. And, and we're all, and none of us really know what we're doing. And we all make mistakes on a constant basis. So this idea that, you know, I mean, but as, you know, but, but it does seem like there are degrees of mistake making. Yes. It seems like there are degrees of uh, of of choice, and when you make a bad decision, seems like you can make a really, really, really awful bad decision that really destroys the entire, I don't know, economy, or that you know, that it puts uh, the military in harm's way for ill-defined right. goals, or you can make uh, you know a mistake that is really about a private matter. And I'm just saying that's that just seems to be a fact. If we have degrees of murder in the law, why can't there be degrees of mistruth? And so, since there yeah. are degrees of mistruth, can we please skip to, like, censure or some sort of middle ground acknowledgement or punishment by the city that says, look, uh, you're probably not going to get reelected, uh, you know, and so make the best of it. This is our official condemnation of you as a city. Now, get back to work and don't cause any more trouble. And then Sam Adams says, uh, abashedly, okay, sorry, and he goes back to work with his tail between his legs, and then we can fix the stupid, broken economy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the whole thing, well... Bottom line is the right. situation sucks for all involved. It, it does. does. It does. All right, and and, and not to be rude, Super, we're going to have to move on. we got other calls to Thank you, Mike. So thank thank you. you. All right, there you go. And uh, here we are. Hi, you're on KCMD Portland. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hi, sir, madam, as the case may be. <laughs> Please speak now. Yes, hello, Rick. How Hi. are you today? How are you, sir? I'm good. Hey, I want to first thank you for allowing uh, a, a place, an arena, to have this discussion rationally and calmly uh, as opposed to uh, the hate going on basically everywhere else. Well, you're welcome. And, and by the way, uh, I should say, uh, before before you make your point, that uh, I'm getting you know a fair number of, uh, of emails. People are like, you know, if it's three against one, you don't have any. Here's the thing. And I mean this. I mean this. Is, sorry, are you throwing food into Storm's mouth? <laughs> Did you catch it? Oh, no. Was it a melon? <laughs> Melons over here. Oh, big mouth. Okay, that sounds wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so before we take this, let me say that uh, for people that are saying that it's that it's we're stacking the deck or that it's three against one, that it's Storm and Byron and I are all kind of on the same on the same side of this, and you know whatever. I mean this honestly. If if there was someone here, and maybe there is. Uh, in the building, if there was someone here we had at our disposal who was on the opposite side of it, they'd be sitting in the studio right now. Right. Uh, now maybe it's uh, maybe it's just the circles in which I travel. I, I don't know any of those people, uh, but you know, there was somebody here that thought, hey, like, look, he's got to go. He's you get him rid of him today. They'd be they'd be right here. It's not that they're uh, 
isn't an offer of equal time. It's just nobody uh, here in the hallways that disagrees with us at this moment. So that being said, what is your point, sir? Well, uh, maybe I can offer that alternate perspective. Sure. Uh, Please. Um, you know, I I wasn't initially on board with Sam Adams in the beginning of the race, um, but actually what caused me to want to vote for him was uh, when the scandal broke out, the way he handled it. Um, he said something that just kind of struck me, and, and I'm not gay, but I, it, it was interesting to me the way he said, um, I'm not going to stop mentoring or helping youth if they come to me just because I'm a politician or I might be susceptible to salacious attack. You know what I mean? And I thought, wow, that is a man who's sticking to his guns. That's someone I can, I can be excited about being our leader. And so he got my vote, um, turns out now under false pretense because as he's even admitted that mentoring relationship, uh, was at best just kind of a, you know, a cloak that he was using to disguise what his right. relationship right. Really was. So now I, I don't think I'm alone in, in saying that he got my vote under false pretense, and, and I feel duped, and I think a lot of Portlanders do feel duped. So I'm not necessarily saying he should step down, but I am saying I should, as a voter, get a redo, another opportunity. You, in other words, the there's a penalty on the place. So you're going to take right. it back to the uh, to the 20-yard yeah, line. Here's, yeah, I, okay, I, so let's have, him, very, let's have him step down and let's have him run for office this week, and I bet you he would win. Well, let me... Well, then, uh, let me then, then I can live with that, but what about, you know... I think You have a great, very good point. But here, here's my take on that, because there's someone... Actually, just after I was saying, there's nobody who disagrees with this. There's somebody who, I, maybe I, I probably shouldn't say who it is because I don't, I don't know if they want to, I don't know if they want to, you know, want me to bring their name into this. There's somebody we work with who was actually making this point yesterday that he said that um, the voters were denied, uh, you know, they were denied full and complete information when they cast their vote, which again is like having, I can't believe I'm making a sports analogy, but like having a penalty, on, you know, on the play where you, mm -hmm. you know, you, you you lose the touchdown, you go back to the 50 yard line or whatever. And he said, well, you know, the voters were de were uh, were denied a full and complete knowledge of this, but when they voted, which seems to be your point, correct? It is. Okay, it is. and and so, but here's here's my problem with that with that view, saying that well, the voters, you know, he, he should get bounced out because the vote was essentially invalid because the voters were denied the sufficient information. If that is your view, then the logical extension of that argument is that he shouldn't have been allowed to do what everybody's saying he should have done, which is just decline to answer. Right. If your whole thing is not that, you know, not just that he lied as such, but that the voters were not given accurate or complete information to make their vote, then the logical extension of that argument, you have to end up at the place where then politicians are no longer ever, ever, ever allowed to decline to answer anything. Because otherwise, if he doesn't answer, you can say, I'm being denied complete information. Right. I'm being denied accurate information. So they okay. should then be compelled to answer anything they are asked by anybody about anything, which just seems, you know, dumb. Well, I, I'd like to maybe counter that point to say that I, it, it's not that I feel I was denied information. I was deliberately given false information. So the distinction exactly. to you is not that you didn't know, but that you thought you know when you didn't. Yeah, you thought you knew when you didn't. It's not an omission. It was what? a false uh, and it wasn't a misstatement. It was a lie. I mean, it was a flat-out lie. I voted for, uh, I thought was a, you know, uh, someone who felt strongly in his convictions, who was honest and uh, and took a bold stand. And uh, and I voted, and, and so I was duped. And so, you know, Rick, logic, come on, this is, this is an emotional issue, too. So you have to understand that a lot of people are feeling duped. They're feeling like they were sold a bill of goods. It's, uh, it's true. Can I ask you a question? So you were duped. Can he still do his job? Well, you know, I, I hear that coming a lot uh, from this show today, and the fact is, like, his job is different than mine in that he has to be able to persuade people. He has to be able to 
have well, the then confidence that's asking, people. Do you well, let him finish. Let him finish. And so, and so my, my feeling is his ability to do his job from this point on will be severely restricted just in the fact that he's not going to have the persuasion and the influence that he had before this broke out. So you feel that his, uh, the, the loss of political capital uh, that Sam Adams is experiencing, that, that in and of itself, it becomes a de facto then liability. Yes, and I think that's going to haunt him for as long as he's holding this office. I, I don't think this blows over. So. On, on that note, sir, we're, we're going to have to. Sarah's going to come over here and punch me in the face if we don't break. Thank you so, for the time. Thank you, thank for you very so. much. All right, tell you what. And take a break. We come back. Unbelievably, these words leave my mouth. We'll talk about this more. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Here with Byron Beck and Storm Large. Later on, Jonathan Colton talks about zombies. For the love of God. All right. Stay there. Back after this. The Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy. L- less so today, maybe than ideally. It's five oh three today. Less uh, less whimsical than another thing. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Coming up later on in the program, we'll talk to singer songwriter Jonathan Colton. There's something happening at two o'clock too. I, my brain my brain didn't even working today. I think with Jonathan Colton uh, coming up at one thirty. I think we have somebody else coming up later on about some other thing. I think it's Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer, actually, now that I think about talking it. Talking about so. the Oscars. And talking about scandal, by the way. And for people, it, I've gotten a lot of it. Rick, why do you care about other scandals, but you don't want to talk about... Here's the thing. If Britney Spears' panties don't affect my pocketbook, or my city, or the bridges in the town in which I live. And you know what? You bring up a very good point. Britney Spears is doing well. Her body looks great. Sarah Palin is off killing animals in Alaska. And uh, the zombie family, Robinson, is back in uh, Arizona. So, and George Bush is, you know, writing his very short memoir exactly. in Texas. So we've got nothing to really freak out about. I mean, that's the, and I want to make that, the, the two things. You know, one, and we'll get some calls, and then we will talk to a voice of dissent from inside CBS Radio Portland. <laughs> a friend. A fifth columnar. A friend. Uh, so we'll, uh, it, so there's a couple things. One, I really, and I can't take credit for that observation. I, I heard somebody, I, I think I actually, of all people, I heard Dennis Miller make this observation. He said that he believed that after W left office, he said that he he figured if you were able to somehow look at psychiatric and like Prozac records and shrink visits after W left office, they were going to spike because there was a lot of people who were going to realize they were still just angry and pissed off and yeah. frustrated and they had no tabula rasa onto which they could project it. There was no blank slate. We used to define tabula rasa. Oh, That's blank slate. Blank slate. Blank That's slate. beautiful. I uh, love your mouth. Pretty, uh, they, pretty mouth. They... But there was, you know, but but George Bush was this great Rorschach onto which you could project any bad feelings you yep. had about your life. You know, the freaking president. Seriously, like my, my life sucks. I'm unfulfilled. <laughs> I will focus my hatred on W. Right. And I'm not saying that Sam Adams thinks is is part and parcel of that, but I but I do feel to some extent 
you know, that it is a thing on to which people can focus. Oh, yeah. Let, I mean, look, let's be honest. I mean, there's been a billion studies written about how in times of economic turmoil and strife, uh, things like horror movies do much better. Th- extreme theatrical music acts, you know, like your Kiss, your Marilyn Manson, do much better. Why? Because people need to have some place, some outlet for their frustration. And I think you'll latch on to something because it feels like a local, immediate, solvable problem. Yep. As opposed to every other problem that is waiting outside your door you, you can't do jack about. So I think that's part of where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had some other point that I thought... Oh, so the, the differentiation of scandal, as I tease Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer. Here's the difference. Is that, first of all, the difference between, let's say, Sam Adams and Larry Craig, for example, which is a horse we rode long and hard. I mean, we talked about... I'm proud to say that we beat him like a dog with mange. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. I have no problem saying that at all. I beat him like like he was the family mule. And here's why I'm okay with that. Because Larry Craig, for example, is a registered member of a political party that passes laws based on sexual orientation and behavior and was, you know, allegedly trying to hump it out in a bathroom stall with another guy. That's the difference. Uh, you know, so if you're a member of a political party that's passing a bunch of laws about gay folk and then it turns out that you might be, you know, gay folk, that's the difference. Sam Adams, to the best of my knowledge, isn't passing any laws about gay behavior or sexual behavior of any kind. Which is why he's not getting the same treatment, just in case anybody wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, all of the beautiful um, uh, televangelist scandals of people preaching piety, family values, family values and they got all kinds of weird trim yeah. stuff on the side. So, I mean, that's the thing. They, like, if, if you uh, spend a lot of your time and energy either trying to pass laws about gay people or trying to pass laws telling other people what they should do with their genitals, you you can't be out uh, doing the opposite. That's just not going to work. Uh, and then you're going to end up uh, on the, you know in the, the front page of the Inquirer, and then we will end up talking to the Inquirer about your face on the front page, John Edwards. So exactly. it's not again the kind not confined to Republicans either. Uh, you know you can't be the family values guy and then be uh, stooping some blonde girl and getting her pregnant and then denying the kid is yours because that just makes you a dick. Yeah. So. That's the difference, and the difference between Sam Adams and uh, again, you, you know, Britney Spears, Whitney Houston, whatever. Uh, that you know what? That's the very definition of a titillating distraction that doesn't impact like the ability to get our city's economy back on track, uh, and it also, by the way, doesn't impact Britney Spears' ability to make a living uh, or to go to work or do her job effectively. In fact, you can say that a lot of times scandal, in fact, uh, expands and uh, exacerbates a celebrity's. Uh, ability to do what they do best, which is to be famous. Scandal helps celebrities. They say there is no yeah. bad press, it's, but in this in right. this situation, so, definitely. And I, and I only say this uh, because I'm, you know, a lot of emails about like, why do you talk about scandal and you know salaciousness constantly? But this is different because if you are a singer, if you're you know a musician, you're a celebrity of you know the glitzy Hollywood kind. Doesn't matter what the scandal is. By and large, it's really only going to help you. So it's really not I- impacting anybody in a negative way. This really is. I hate to keep going back to this. On a day that thousands of people are being laid off, we got other things to worry about. All right. On that note, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Rock 101 KUFO, our good friend, Court. Hello, hey, sir. Hey, how's it going? Hi, uh, you know. Hello. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yes, I am the, apparently the voice of dissent. Um, and and it's, not, it's not that much of a dissent, really. Um, I, my main issue with Sam was the lie during the campaign, as, as you talked about earlier. Um, how it, it was in a way kind of a uh, his his winning the election is kind of based on that lie. Mm-hmm. He, he never gave us the opportunity 
to uh, decide for ourselves. Or and I and I heard you say you know the logical conclusion is everybody must answer every question. Right. Right. Well, and I actually disagree with that. Uh, he didn't necessarily have to answer the question, but he didn't have to deny the question. He he came out and said no, no, this is this is categorically false. Uh, if he had just said. Listen, this, what does it matter? Why, why are you even talking to me about well, this? Well, because clarify. it would have come out anyway. And, and to clarify here, because I want to make sure that we all know what we're talking about. Now, I and, and this is the thing I don't know. To to be fair, the question now the question he was asked because I've heard different versions of this. The question he was asked, I uh, was talking to somebody about this yesterday, and the the question that he was asked, I was told at one point was about underage relations. It was a statutory question. Is that the question? That we're talking about here. That was the that was the question. The the question was, did you have sexual relationship uh, a sexual relationship with Bo Breedlove? That was the question that was. So age re- didn't enter into the well, question. Well, it, it was the the question was asked because of the rumor mill and the gossip that had started um, from, I believe, Bob Ball yeah. had started the rumor that there was an inappropriate and illegal sexual relationship going on with Bo Breedlove. So, uh, and so is this, and so what was the actual, I mean, I, I know nobody in the room has this, but like, I almost wonder what was the actual wording of then the denial? I, I think it was, you know, it was kind of, it was just basically no. Was it Absolutely, just like, yeah. was it the whole, like, I did not have sexual relationships yeah. with that Absolutely. woman? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely what, was. Uh, what people are really bugged about is that it's the gay card thing, and he said that that uh, he was being smeared. It was right. a smear campaign against uh, Sam Adams by Bob Ball, and that this was the worst type of homophobia or internal homophobia or, like, eating our own kind of situation. That's what I think you're asking. Well, in, in alluding to underage, you know, to, to, yeah. you know the, the boys beware basically. kind of thing. Right, which, and I agree that that's, you know, that, that, is, that is the thing the gay community in particular has just had, you know, just had to fight forever and ever to get away from that sort of false, you know, just that the fear-mongering in Absolutely. that regard. But but your thing, Court, is just that he that he flat out denied the sex. Yes. Period. Right. He denied it, and, and, and when he went after uh, Ball, you know, did, what, what he said... I believed. I was willing to believe. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Why? Why does this? You know, a right. gay man have to be prosecuted? You feel kind of kind of suckered. Yeah, I do feel suckered. I'm, I'm irritated that I, you know, I kind of bought into it. Mm-hmm. I voted for him. And and had he either admitted to it, or even if he had just said, listen, what does any of this matter? This doesn't make any difference uh, as to as to my ability to lead. Uh, you know, as the mayor of Portland, if you just come out and said that, I still would have voted but for court, it. But, Court, you are of you are an exception to the general populace, not saying that the general population is unintelligent or thuggish or bigoted in any yeah. way. However, there is an invasive uh, homophobia that, especially among straight men, that gay men are predatory of the young True. in general. And yeah. if, you know, it was not illegal sexual content but there is you cannot deny a creep factor of, of course a yuck. It, i mean it was the, 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 the creepy, the creepy the, part was the fact that he he met this kid when he was 17 and waited and right that, that, that right. seems a little creepy i think you used the word oogie i yeah when i was it's, talking to byron it, last there night there is oogie. definite creep factor and i i would have voted for sam of course because things like that don't matter to me what i mean i was doing all kinds of awful things much younger than 17 yeah. with people much you know close to sam's age but that's me yeah sexuality I mean, occurs all over the place all the time i mean go to jiggles on a friday saturday yeah. night it's packed but the fact is i mean we knew he's a gay man and we still elected him we we still wanted him in so the, the, i think portlanders 
you know, specifically are a kind of we are accustomed to the gay thing. We 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 I think everybody in this town knows at least one or two gay people, have friends with them, uh, and and clearly the gay issue was not a factor in in Sam's it, election. I, it would have been you had know, they known and he just was it, sexual with this guy. I'm sorry. Well, and, 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 it, I'm sorry. It sounds so much like we're about to say let, Negro. Well, right and now. let me let me reset by the way and just say we're here with uh, Court from Rock 101 KUFO, <laughs> Byron Beck from ByronBeck.com, and Storm Large. Of Storm Large. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so we're talking about exactly what you think we're talking about. But I, just as a side note, just leaving aside the issue of, of, of legality and would they have voted for him or not, uh, I was actually, this is a thing you hear, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of like, well, Rick, what if it was, and then they, they swap out the situation. Like, right. what if it was a teacher and a student? What if it was a priest and a whatever? And, you know, a lot, and most of these uh, analogies don't really hold up because they're not, they're not true analogs. But, uh, but I do have to say, I got two things. You know, there's a lot of you know. I know it's a lot of a lot of guys are, are you know are really you know. Uh, I'm not trying to lump you into like guys, Gore, yeah. but you know a lot of guys are sort of uh, upset about this. And I do have to say, like all of those guys out there, they're like every time there's some story about a hot teacher banging a 16 year old, they're like right on, way to go. Like where are you now? Yeah. Where where are those guys now? I'm not saying that you ought to be having underage sex, but I guess my point is those guys. Who are all, uh, you know, for the for the age disparity yeah. when like they're putting themselves in the position they're going, I would totally have hit that. Like, wh- where are those guys now that it's not an older woman, it's an older guy, and much of and with a and with an adult, uh, an adult sexual partner, yeah. by the way. Well, well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, to, to Sam, good on you for for getting Bo Breedlove because the guy's right. hot. Uh, so I, I'm as in in the guy category, yeah, way to go, buddy. But going back to what Storm said earlier, um, they they wouldn't have elected him. Had they known, that's my issue. Right. The, the fact that he didn't give us the opportunity, or he wasn't he wasn't honest about it. Uh, that's and that's the reason why he is mayor. Right. That's what irritates me is because it, the whole thing is kind of the whole thing hinges on this lie. I agree. I agree. But it, it, again, um, he, there is so much. There has been so much discrimination against gays, and so much hatred, and so much fear mongering that he was really. I believe. I mean, I am not excusing. The lie and the deception, the depth and the bones that are coming tumbling out of the yeah. closet here, and we don't even know all the facts until the investigation is over. But I don't. I'm not gay. I have a lot of gay friends, but the amount of fear mongering in general, in the general public, I, I think Sam was well knew very well that he would have been ostracized. Let and me, would... let, me let, so let me let me ask one court one question and then we'll yes. take a few calls here. Um, and uh, so Mike, here, I, this is actually not even my question. I'm passing this along for the email. It's a question for court. Yeah. Um, if Sam Adams had not been out, if he'd been closeted, mm-hmm. if Sam Adams had been asked during the campaign if he was gay and said no, then takes office and suddenly, oh, I'm also gay. Same thing, kicking him out. No, uh, that's different because it's it, the the issue is the the position of power that he had over this kid. Um, that this this kid was a, an intern um, that he you know essentially used or the, it appeared that he used his position. Now, has the kid said that? I, I don't. Think and I so. say kid. Has the adult yeah, said the that? Adult, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he said that he was he was used per se. I don't think he was used. But I mean, the the appearance of him being used. That's that's kind of the crux of the situation here. Whereas being gay or not, that's there's nothing. You know, who cares? What about aging rock stars backstage checking the IDs of young groupies coming in, making sure they're 18? I mean, this is. 
It's it's you're in a position of power. Beautiful people are going to throw themselves at you. Yeah. And I'm not, and I can't speak for I can't speak for Bo Breedlin. That but doesn't I, happen to me. But, but yeah, I, I I can't I can't speak for for Bo Breedlin. But I did two things. One, you're talking about the appearance of impropriety, and I say you know if if the appearance of impropriety is enough to, to boot a, a guy out, then the appearance. I guess my point is then the appearance of being gay seems like it ought to be enough to boot him out, which means that if he'd lied about being gay. Everybody should have should have had the same stance, and it just and my other thing is I can't uh, I can't speak for Bo Breedlin, I'm not pretending yeah. to, but from my perspective, and again remembering he was in fact an adult, yeah. uh, old enough to vote as a matter of fact when all this happens, the idea that somehow uh, if you're like you know uh, uh, you know like a horned up 18 year old guy, which all guys are at the age of 18, oh yeah, if you're like a hot horny 18 year old guy that you have to be manipulated into getting it on with, like, a powerful, good-looking man is right. just patent. It's absurd on its face. Okay. I mean, it's well, just ridiculous. Okay, as far as the gays, I mean, there's nothing ethically wrong with being gay. There is something ethically wrong with using a position of power, whether he did or not, uh, to have sex with an intern. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's he, a, he, uh, Corey, yes. he did not use his position of power. Well, we don't know. We don't he, know. No, I, I can answer that. He did not use his position of power to... Get it on. But, but, okay, but, but, okay, but, we, don't, but we don't know that because, you, because only two people know that, right. Sam right. Adams and Bo Breedlove, and neither of them has said it's the case. They've said not, yeah. uh, but neither of them has said that's the case. I mean, really, I mean, that to be fair, there are only two people that know whether he was like, look, if you know what's good for you, yeah. you're yeah, going to take care of this. It's but, safe I mean, to assume it was mutual, mutually right. beneficial, well, okay, uh, I mean, but we don't, we don't know the details of the private it's the same. It's the same thing when it comes down to, to teachers. The Washington recently passed or uh, allowed uh, teachers to have sex with their 18-year-old what? students. Really? Yes. Where? That, that, yeah, no, that's, that, that, that was actually, yeah. that, that went to, uh, went to the, I, I don't know if it was Eden in the Club? Supreme Court, but it went <gasps> to the state court, and they, they said there's nothing we can do about a teacher having sex with their own 18-year-old student because they're both adults. Wow. While that is legal... To have sex with an 18-year-old student, it's it creepy. Is, it's creepy yeah, and unethical. No, I don't give you that. It's we creepy. know it's and, creepy uh, and it's inappropriate. You know, yes. Absolutely. And and so in in the same sort of way and maybe to a lesser degree is this situation. No, uh, no, we are not denying the creep oogie factor. Yeah. We're not denying that it was inappropriate and kind of mm. and also possibly unethical. And that's and that's the, the situation here for for me is that you have during a campaign. This unethical situation. Had this happened after he was already elected, I would be right there with you saying, okay, who the hell cares? I mean, it's, it's Bill Clinton all over again. It, you know, it, nothing was hinging on right. his having sex with Monica Lewinsky. In this case, everything was hinging on him having sex with Bo Breedlove. And that's that's kind of that's the issue for me. And I'm not calling for his ouster. I'm not oh, saying wow. that he well, needs we'll to do, be booted. We'll take some calls here in a second. I, on the Clinton thing, I should say this, actually. You know, just just me speaking for me. Uh, the, the thing about Bill Clinton is Bill Clinton not only uh, uh, you know not only did Bill Clinton not only had relations with you know Monica Lewinsky was interested. Bill Clinton actually did commit a crime. He actually did lie under oath about it. And the the interesting thing to me is Bill Clinton even having actually committed a legal offense. Everybody on earth, if they could, would magically vote him in right now again, which is sort of proof to me. That on some deep level inside, Americans really don't care. They just don't. Right. Which is, I guess, why it's sort of mystifying more than anything else, why they suddenly care now. I mean, Bill Clinton, but don't get me wrong. Love Bill Clinton. Yeah. I really do. Uh, but Bill Clinton's a guy who not only had sex, uh, you know, with somebody underneath him in a position of authority, but then actually Literally. did put his hand on a Bible and lie about it under oath in yeah. a deposition. And you know what? During those Bill Clinton impeachment hearings, he had like 86% approval rate. So what I'm trying to understand is how that same country 
that gave Bill Clinton an 86% approval rate after he was shown to have lied under oath now has like an eight. We saw a poll yesterday. Like 80% of people think Sam, Sam Adams ought to go when he's done far less. Yeah. Like, I just don't I don't get the difference. I, I don't know if it, if it is the gay thing. Uh, I think there is a certain amount of fatigue uh, because we've seen so Tell many me. of these things coming up that it's just like, oh, oh God, when are we going to be done with this? When are we going to quit having these sex scandals? Right. Uh, and, and, and I do when agree we quit that having sex. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I mean, which yeah, is never it, the, the sex part, the gay thing. That that means nothing to me. It is solely on the lie that got him into office. Let's uh, let's do uh, some of these calls here, and I'm not these. I'm just picking these up without looking. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hello. Uh, hi. I, I got a question for Storm. Yes. Hi. Hey, how are you doing, Storm? I'm good. I was wondering if uh, Davey had mentioned to you anything that he's heard anything about uh, Wehrmacht having a reunion. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Baba Booey. Here's the thing. Yes, I heard a rumor. I haven't heard anything specific. Davey made mention of it, and that in- immediately prompted me to say, so if Wehrmacht gets together, what about Sweaty? And what the sea monkeys? I what sea monkeys? It's the best call we've taken all day. Really, I mean that. Is sea monkeys a band? Oh yeah. I'm such a dork. I've only lived here they seven years. Crowns. I'm really not cool at all. No. I but I do know Vermont. I did hear a rumor. I don't have any specifics, but thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, you lived here seven years? Huh? You've only lived here seven years? Uh, wait. That's not true. Yeah, it's 2009. I moved here in 2002. What? Uh, what month? That doesn't seem possible. January second. I moved here in June of 2002. Hi. Let's all make out. Yeah, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's everybody doing? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, so let me first start out by saying I don't want him to be out of office. I could care less about, you know, the scandal, what's going on. The only time I ever think about the mayor is when the election cycle comes around and you have to vote for it. Um, that being said, like, you can't be surprised that this is a scandal. I mean, I understand that but it has no validity to you, Rick, because, you know, this this you know what he does affects our everyday life. Where Britney Spears is just whatever; it doesn't affect your life other than for entertainment purposes. Well, and it makes you, her, you have, you and, and it actually helps for, her. Yeah, but you have to realize for for people, like this is a scandal. This is what the average dumb American you know pays attention to. They're, right. they're not going to pay attention to any legislation, anything that he does. Yeah. But when he screws up, that's what they're going to pay attention. Good-looking to. people, sex, and a big fat lie—that's a scandal. I understand exactly. that. Yeah. It's, but what so what frustrates me? Two things. First is, I really like the guy, and I think he's going to be one of the best mayors we ever had. He Agreed. was groomed for it for a long time. He was uh, around Mayor Katz for a long time. And um, and we all know that regardless of uh, gender or um, uh, sexual orientation, a 42-year-old anybody having a, you know, a relationship with an 18-year-old anybody is creepy. Yeah, he he, had to know that. We all agree. We all agree with that. And, and by doing that, he jeopardized... You know the opportunity. You know, for us I gotta tell you. There. I gotta tell. Here's here's a fun fact. I, I think I've talked about this on the air. I can tell you when I was. Uh, how old am I now? I'm 35. Jesus, I'm almost 36. <laughs> oh, I wish I was dead. I'm um, almost 40. Shut up. Yeah, but you look good. Oh, you look great. Uh, oh, you. Let's make out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's see. This would have been 1990. So when I was when I was 21, when which I is was not 21, which is not 18. When I was 21, I dated a woman who was 44. Gross. Wow. So, and you know what? And Good for you. And I can tell you, it was, and it was, it was everything it was supposed to be. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, once you go cougar, you never go back. I'm Just telling you. Davey. That was before that word even. Uh, that was for that word even entered the circuit. I didn't even know what it was. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, so a woman more than twice my age, 
And you know what? I don't f- you I mean you're saying that we all know that that age disparity is creepy. I don't think we all know that and I don't think that we all agree with that. It wasn't creepy, I, I, wasn't creepy I when I did it. The majority people do, but but the thing Rick he is you know, running for a public office and he knows that the you know this eye is going to be on him. Okay, but then that so he's not supposed to have that. a sex life? Okay, but hold on. But, 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 but I, I get that, but it's like they're two different things. Like like the whole thing was like, well, we know it's creepy. But it's like I, I everybody says that as though it's assumed to be true by everybody and I disagree with that. I don't think that everybody finds well, it. I think he, if this look, if this was like a 40-year-old woman Woman getting it on with an 18-year-old Toni Morrison would be writing a book about her right now, and Oprah would be talking about it, and it'd be a movie with Angela Bassett, and women would love it. Yeah. That's not true because Debbie you horses, remember that a beach sunset. You remember that mayor? That I think she was a mayor. She got. They were trying to throw her out because there were some sexy pictures they of her. Did yeah, they her did out. throw her out. They and did it throw was in her Oregon, out, by the way. The bikini mayor. Oh, yeah. She had and, a you know, that not, I mean, there was no, there, there was no. Uh, Where was that? Was that Bend? Arlington. No, it was Arlington. Ah, all right. So but, you know, even with that, there was no, you know, uh, homophobia or anything there. She would just show some sexy pictures, and that's, I mean, just like a celebrity having to deal with paparazzi, you you, you have to know what you're getting into. But that kind of goes to my second point, where um, he. He knew that it wouldn't go over well when, you know, when he lied about it the first time. And um, like I said, I can care less uh, about him lying. What really upset me was that we all knew he was gay. Most people that voted, I mean, I, the, I bet everybody that voted for him didn't care that he was gay. And he pulled the gay card, which kind of, to a straight person, makes me feel like you're assuming that I am a bigot in a sort of way because, you know, you're pulling that card like, we care about this issue because you're gay, even though we don't care that you're gay. Right, right. Does that make any sense? It does make sense. There are a lot of people who do care about the gay issue, but I do I do see your point, and you do represent uh, a large number here in Portland. I, just, uh, I'm going to try to get, uh, thank you for the call, sir. We're going to get a couple more, because then we have to break, because I think Jonathan Colton is at 145, which is the latest he they can have do. The, yeah, that's the latest he can do, because he's okay. in New York, and he has to pick up his kids at 5. Um, so, it, you know, somebody was uh, uh, made this point that I wanted to, we'll get a couple more calls here, and we're here with Byron Baxter, large, and Court from Rock 101 KUFO, that... This business of the voters having, you know, being able to find out or know this information about him when he's running for the job. And somebody know that, you know, you can't ask that when you're interviewing anybody for any other job. If I was hiring somebody here, I couldn't ask him, hey, did you have sex with that guy? Right. I mean, so, you well, know, but it's, and if I did, they'd tell me to get bent. The, the situation is different because he's running for a public office, therefore a public figure, and you can ask public figures a lot more than you can ask just, you know, Joe Schmo. Who's right, I'm not saying for, it's illegal, but yeah. I'm saying, you know, it's worth noting that, you know, again, sure. you know. It's, it's, and, and again, like I, like I said before, I don't think it was anybody's business in the first place, but the fact that once it was posed to him, he lied uh, adamantly several times um, and, and, and actually turned it back around, that's the issue. Right. Um, the, the sex itself is not the issue at all. All right, we'll do like uh, two more here, and we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, this is Charles. I uh, just wanted to call and uh, compliment Storm on her performance in Cabaret last year. I'm a volunteer with Portland Center Stage. Thank you. And uh, Have you just now found our phone number? <laughs> no, I think I've called it before. Ah. But anyway, um, I wanted to find out if Storm could give us a little bit, uh, you know, change subjects and tell us a little bit about the show that she's going to be doing. I'm sensing a, a plug. I'm sensing. Yeah, wait. Yeah, so, sources are pointing to um, Pimp. You know what? As we ramp up to the show, it, the show doesn't start until March, but as we ramp right. up into it, I absolutely will come and be the biggest biggest media tramp you've ever seen. Excellent. But right now I'm just we're just trying to get some things straight. But thanks Charles. I'm I'm sure I'll see you around the theater. There you go. So that's uh yeah, he's coming in the March. I figured when the appropriate time I figured yeah, you would uncork that one. Yeah, now's not the time. Yeah, now's not the time. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Yeah, I'd like to just uh 
comment on the sexual and legal hypocrisy of America. It's just it's infuriating to me because a lot of the people that are calling for Sam Adams to resign would be all too quick to um, also call for certain children that commit crimes to be tried as adults. So you can't have it both ways. And so if it does turn out that Breedlove was 17, I'm not saying he was, but even if he was 15, uh, doesn't that point to the hypocrisy of the same kind of right-wingers that want to prosecute uh, young children as adults, thereby acknowledging that they're able to make adult decisions? Well, I'm back on the, you know, getting off the business of him lying for a second. I, that is, you know, I, that, that or, I mean, as much as I was sort of talking about the Willamette earlier, that Oregonian headline where it's like admit sex with teen is yeah. the most mm-hmm. loaded thing yeah. I have. I mean, like, well, let's be honest. We're all adults, and we all know what that headline means when people say teen. Yeah. Or kid. Which is why you're now seeing online, uh, you know, blah, 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 pedophile, blah, 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 whatever. You know what? 18's either an adult or it's not. Right. And 24 again, hours you know, earlier, he might have been 17, so WTF. And, Rick, I wanted to say... Thank you for being the lone voice on that panel there to speak out about the ageism that's implied in, in the yucky factor uh, between, you know, age variances, because that's what it is. It is ageism. Thank you very much. All right, thank thank you. you. All right, there you go. Uh, Sarah, where are we at? Do we need to do a thing? Yeah, we'll probably need to break. Right. Maybe we should wrap up this. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All right, um, all right. Let's wrap like, What is your final thought? Uh, my final thought is I, I don't necessarily believe that um, Sam should resign. Um, I, I think eventually he may be forced to just out of political pressure. Uh, I don't think that he should have to. Um, I I think that maybe I, I'm not even sure that uh, that uh, the city can actually do this, but maybe some sort of censure or something. I mean, just kind of it's some sort of symbolic gesture to say, man, slap on the wrist kind of a thing. But outside of that, uh, let, let's get past this and move on. Um, but really, my my only issue, issue is the irritation. I think maybe, a, as I was saying earlier, a middle ground punishment, a censure of some yeah, kind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, this doesn't matter. Like everybody's been saying, I also agree that uh, Sam Adams would probably be a, a fantastic mayor and had this never come up, uh, would probably be an amazing mayor. I think this is going to take up some of his time here in the, fr- in the next couple of months that may kind of derail some of the stuff that he's right. planning on doing. But still, right. uh, just just something simple. I think uh, really I so we find out that uh, our mayor might be a sloppy whore. Okay, it's out of the way. It's out wow. of the way. It's out of the way. We know that. We know that now. And it's going to clean up his act. It's going to clean up this city. He will be a better mayor for this if he survives it, and he will survive it. I'm here to say that. It's like I hear Gloria Gaynor playing in my head. Oh shush! You always go to the gay thing, uh, but the reality is that the gay people say they're not uh, for him. I am saying there are gay people out there that are for him and support him. Would you have relations with him right now? I always would. And Storm, <laughs> good for you. Excellent. Well done, Storm Large. Um, I just want to tell everyone to remember your humanity and that this is a person's life we're talking about, and there are professionals investigating the rest of the truth, but just. Keep in mind, this is a person. This isn't just a name in the paper um, or in the blogosphere. And he's uh, he is sorry, uh, and he was wrong, and he knows it. And he will get censured. I'm pretty sure they will do something, but we need Sam Adams as mayor. Sarah Dillon, final thoughts? You've been sort of uh, no, manning I'm, I the board. No, I just enjoyed listening to everybody else's opinion. I, I um. I am not on court side of the table of this. I, I believe, like, yes, he did lie, but I don't believe it's any of our business, and that question shouldn't have been asked. And I think he's done nothing but good for our community, and, and he's a damn good-looking man. Why do I have to have a side of the table? All of a sudden, I have a side of the table. <laughs> That's your side of the table, yeah, my I, friend. I, I, all, I like your side of the it's table. It's all cold over there. First time ever I'm the prude in the room. Wow. You're uh, not. And we'll close this out with I him. would just miss his beautiful face. Seriously. Let's see, but if this does become... 
I was saying, if it doesn't become scandalous enough, then, you know, Peter Krause can get work again Everyone by playing made for TV Just movie. everybody needs to calm down and take a breath and find someone else to hate who deserves it. We should take votes on that later. Uh, the uh, We should go through the book and talk about people who have done so many worse things. We should also can we go back to hating Michael Vick. And also, um, Dick Cheney <laughs> looks a lot like Montgomery Burns. We could still hate him. And Mr. Potter in uh, It's a Wonderful Life because he's in the chair oh, now. Oh, you once called me a twisted old man. Wow, that was a little <laughs> freaky. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to end this as we sometimes do with an email from Aaron Duran who says, Hey, I want everybody to know, at 19, I banged a 41-year-old, and God bless her, she taught this geek skills he still uses. Too much Thank information. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, a little bit of creep for you there. All right. Back after this with Jonathan Colton. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. Good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand why you folks might hesitate to submit to our I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes. We're at an impasse here. Maybe we can compromise. If you open up the door, we'll all come inside and eat your brain. I don't wanna nitpick, Tom, but is this really? Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You know, and after all of this, Don Taylor coming in three different days, trying to trying to talk to Jonathan Colton, and then she wasn't able to come in today, so she emailed me her question, which I then forgot to ask. So, sorry about that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Don said, um, because, you know, he, um, because uh, Colton went to Yale, 
And uh, she said, uh, I was going to ask Jonathan Colton, uh, when he was at Yale, he was in the a cappella group, the Whiffenpoofs. Uh, do they go on to run parts of the secret world government like Skull and Bones? Are there secret handshakes and arcane rituals? Uh, I really honestly was going to ask that, Don. And so now... Uh, My friends in the yeah, Whiffenpoofs. Sorry about that. Those guys, I say as like the, the, a colossal rube understatement, those guys can sing. They can, yeah. but they're all gay. Well, I mean, it's it's a very sort of... Uh, it's a very sort of... Uh, I know what's what I'm even looking for. It is one of those. It is one of those. Uh, if you haven't seen the Whiffin' Poops, they were actually. I think they were on an episode of The West Wing too, on a Christmas episode where C.J. Craig brings them in. But it is exactly the kind of acapella vocal group you would expect to come from, like Yale. I yes. mean, they look. If you were to just to see a picture of these guys, you'd go, what kind of school do they come from? You'd all go to yeah, Yale, Harvard, something. So. Anyway, they so, go on to be at, one's a big time producer who produces a lot of films. Uh, produced Milk, which we should talk about today. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, one is Jonathan Coulter, writer of zombie anthems. Ah, all right. Uh, well, let's John Coulter, Colton. Uh, hello, uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. How can I help you? Is that me? Yep. Y- yes, it is. Hello. Hi, this is Kathleen. Actually, my brother-in-law's a whip and poof. Really? Yeah, we went to Yale. They and, sang at his wedding. And so is this a – now, is this like a Menudo thing where every year they kick them all out? Because I think Colton was there when he was – I don't know, I forget, I forget what years he was, but I don't know if it's like if it's like every four years as a new batch. I don't know how they do that. I think so, because he's probably early 50s, mm-hmm. so. Is your brother gay? No, they were all Yale football players. Oh, so. oh sorry. Okay, so the Big ones I know are gay. Boys. Someone needs to de-gay himself a little bit today, Byron. <laughs> Let me explain the gay card a little too. Seriously, you got a whole deck full of gay cards over there. Uh, hi, you're on the. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Did, would, would you, okay. did you Well, did you did you have a follow up, or was that your observation? Before no, I, I was just on hold hearing you say it, but no, uh, I was calling to yeah. shed a little better light. I know we're talking about Sam Adams today, but I got home last night about midnight from the inauguration in D.C. Oh wow. It was fantastic. And so where were you uh, in that sea of humanity? Where were you relative to? I was by the, the Washington Monument. Oh, and how I, cool. I was like, Way back. You're saying that was somewhere like over like a million, million and a half, something like that. Just, it was, I mean, it was just a sta- I can't even imagine what it looked like in person because on television it was overwhelming. She well, like, now I know what it's like to be in a crowd of a million people. It was pretty unbelievable. Yeah. And that when it was over and I was trying to get back, my cousin lived on the side of the White House, on the side of town by the White House. And the crowds just started moving, right. and I walked for an hour towards the Capitol in the wrong direction because you couldn't <laughs> turn around and go the other way. That's because it really because it was just a uh, just a salmon against the stream you at that just point. Keep walking and singing and mm. dancing, and it was it was unreal. It was absolutely phenomenal. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you got to do that. There are many many photos of you enjoying the gala. Yes, I actually brought um, bumper stickers from Portland, gave them away for free. I printed up 500 of them. Excellent. That said, Barack, my world on it. Of course. And everyone was selling things, and I started giving them away all weekend. But on the day of the inauguration, when I was giving them away, I literally almost was trampled by people. Wanting just grabbing them and screaming. I'm like, let's welcome Oregon, let's welcome Oregon. Just trampling you with hope, Kathleen. That's right, exactly. All right. Thank you. I'm glad you had a good time. Glad you went. Thank you so much. All righty. Take care. All right. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Sarah. Byron. Richie. Uh, a couple Hello. things, and a couple things in no particular order. Yeah. Uh, for some of the gun owners out there, they do make a thing called zombie targets. And, and so, dumb question: Is this just a silhouette of a zombie? Uh, actually, it's like a kind of a cartoonish uh, zombie, and like there's three of them. I bought some, and they're all in different poses. And uh, like one of them is kind of a gas station worker. One of them uh, looks like a homeless guy with a shirt ripped off, and they like they got bite marks on them. Excellent. They're uh, they're pretty funny if you want to look them up online. Those done and done. All right. 
Jonathan Colton, Ari, your brains, best song ever. Yeah, it really is fantastic. And I've seen that video he's talking about where the guy does it with the World of Warcraft uh, imagery, which is, you know, that's the kind of thing that is both glorious and sad all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Don Taylor's intro theme, best intro ever. Okay, excellent. Do you have anything else? Uh, One more thing. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, thanks. You know, I asked it and I knew it was coming, but you know what? I knew it was coming, too. We just we need all the amusement we can get today. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? I'm calling to say that anyone who thinks they might be interested in seeing Jonathan Colton, do so. I saw him when he was here like six, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Puts on a great show. That was he was on our show, and I wasn't able to go that night actually because I already had plans. But he was uh, he was at the Mission Theater, was he not? Yes, he was. Yeah, and uh, it's... opening act, same basic idea, um, and read your brains. He turned into a big sing-along. Like sort of a zombie sing-along? Exactly. The whole crowd's, you know, the... It's pretty funny. Excellent. And I think the and the opening act, and the guys who sort of accompany him, are these guys, uh, no relation to Storm Large, Paul and Storm, who are two of the guys from Da Vinci's Notebook, which we realized too late last time, because Da Vinci's Notebook is the group that sings the Take a Look at My Enormous Penis song. And so after Colton was here last time, Somebody called up and like, do you realize that you had two members of Da Vinci's Notebook in your studio? They sing the penis song, and you never asked them to do it. So next time they're in the studio, we're going to make them sing it, because those guys were standing 10 feet from us the whole day, and we didn't know. So Those guys were really funny live, yeah. too. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thanks. All right. There you go. Ah, all right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, it is 2.15. Here's what we got. Now i got to play this whole uh, news bite. Uh, we got to talk. We have to talk about loss today, because we can't wait till tomorrow. Uh, and then, uh, Byron, Zabar, are you a Lost fan by chance? Absolutely not. Okay. Wow, he's loud though. So uh, Paddock is around, but he's in a uh, he's in a meeting at the moment. So I don't know if he's going to be able to join us for part of this. But but we should definitely do the lost discussion. Yeah, he said two thirty. Okay, so so we'll do the lost discussion around two thirty ish, uh, and uh, and so forth because we do have to get that uh, we do have to get that discussed. Sorry, and, I'm loud. Sorry, I'm. Loud. That's okay. No, you know we love you. You know what it is? It's just that it, you just have a a sort of exuberance, Byron. It's called the belly. I wasn't going to say that. Um, he called or, me fat again, audience. He called me fat. I did not again. call you fat. Why are you but, calling him fat? He always, never... he, he always codes it in exuberance and jolliness and things like that. He's talking about your personality. No, he's calling me fat. The, the bald. You don't look fat. Me. Actually, you look slimmer. Oh, really? Thank you, thank and you. I've lost fifteen pounds. Awesome. Well, and good for you. Really, I'm just. I think. Uh, I think you need to need to quit reading everything I say as a coded reference to your girth, which it wasn't, Byron. My, Byron, my, no one my likes, girth. No one likes an ongoing victim, Byron. No, I'm speaking saying, of Sam Adams. I'm just saying, uh, everybody, everybody has their size and their girth, and yours is quite slender. And I do agree that you have lost weight, by the way. Uh, are you and Richie on the same? Are you on the same like working out four hours a day and eating a thousand calories or something or whatever his diet is? Uh, no, and you'll talk about that tomorrow. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess tomorrow there's that's right. Good. See, look at you, Byron, bringing us back on course. You, the one least likely to bring the show back to what we were supposed to be talking about in the first place. Tomorrow, and I really can't say anything else about today because I don't mean we meant to get to something today, and we're going to push it because tomorrow is a better. We just needs more attention than we can allot. Exactly. We would not be able to give it the attention it deserves. But tomorrow there's going to be a a big a big and and I would say good revelation about Richie Bristol. Use the word reveal. It's going to be, it really is. There's going to be a reveal. And then the reveal has a little bit of a follow-up to it. But, but, but we have to do it tomorrow when there's more time. So here's what's happening tomorrow. Aaron Geek in the city Duran will be here. 
Darcy Zettler, uh, late of PDX49, who was here yesterday and, and just we d- didn't get enough time with her because, you know, what with the gay and the whatever. Uh, so she's going to come back tomorrow. Uh, and we will also have a big, great, I think probably unexpected revelation about Richard Bristol, which has nothing to do with cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. Everybody will go right to that. It has nothing to do. In fact, one could say it's, one could say it is the opposite. opposite. Yes. Yeah. It is the polar twin to cross-dressing. It is uh, the opposite end of the scale, but just as righteous. And if I know this audience, and I do, it is actually, you'll, anyway, you'll like it. So tomorrow we're going to reveal something about Richie Bristol. You're going to find it very exciting. Uh, I'm just going to play this without comment, m- more or less, uh, and then uh, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk Lost. Byron will be here. We'll do uh, do some news, some news that doesn't rhyme with ma'am, madams, uh, or anything like that. So I got to thank Seamus for passing this my way. I got this uh, this morning, although I think it is actually from Monday. So this is from Monday, but it, it took a bit for it to sort of work its way through the Intertron uh, to us. And I don't have the email in front of me right now, so I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the actual like the call letters of this television station. And I'm gonna have to keep looking because I, I don't I don't have it in front of me. But this is from a Detroit television station. Uh it is myfoxdetroit.com. But I I I'm gonna look really quickly and see if I can see if I can give the appropriate credit. Why why are you doing my... that? Uh, a whip and poof just called me. I just got it a whip and poof call. I don't know what that means. Is that code for something, Byron? No, no, but that whip and poof thing? Uh Uh-huh. One of them just called me. I think I'm in trouble. Oh. Do you know somebody who's a member of the whip and poof? That's what he was saying. He said he knows them, and they're all You have to listen to me. No, 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 but I mean, I thought... You call me fat, you... Now listen. You said, you I, listen I thought you meant you knew them like you were familiar with the group and what they did. I didn't think you had. I didn't know you had many friends who were whiff and poofs. I, I just had, like that word whiff and poof. It's a fantastic. Like say, did I know them? Like, do I know biblically. them? Yes, yeah, so you know them biblically. Did you have sex with all of them, Byron? Oh no, here he's calling again. Answer oh. it. Make him sing whatever his uh, comment to you is. Uh, if you're if you're listening, Carl, will you call into the show? What's the what's the seven three three two nine seventy. Moving on. Uh, so I have this. This is from uh, this is from the Fox affiliate in uh, Detroit. This is W uh, WJBK is what this is. WJBK in Detroit, and this is from uh, you know they do the, in the news they do like you know the gardening segment of the sports segment, and this is a segment actually called the Love Doctor, which is where a woman comes on and she does sort of a you know like relationship advice and whatever. So this is from an actual. This is not like a like a college TV station. This is from the Fox affiliate in Detroit, WJBK, and it is from their segment called The Love Doctor. I give this to you now. I cut it off at the end for time, but I give it to you unedited. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please now listen to this. And let me get it pounded up. And am I uh, turned up over there, sir? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, WJBK. Barack Obama will be sworn in as President of the United States on Tuesday, January 20th, this Tuesday. By listening to his inaugural address, we will learn about his vision for America, his goals for the nation. But what can we learn about healthy and happy relationships from Michelle and Barack Obama? The Love Doctor is in to discuss how we can follow the Obama's lead for a healthy and happy relationship. And by the way, just as we go forward... As you're listening to this woman, the love doctor, whose name I actually forget, but she's, you know, her shtick. She's like a Dr. Phil where she comes on and she talks about, you know, bragging on yourself and whatever. Mm -hmm. If you were to just look up the word cloying, 
uh, in an online dictionary, the kind that will like speak the words out loud to you, this is the voice you would hear. Uh, listen to how unbelievably insincere and cloying and really, and I think I speak to everybody out there, men, women, gay, straight, Jew or Gentile, thank the Lord God Almighty that you are probably not the kind of person who listens to the following woman for love advice. I mean, really, the voice says it all, and then the money sentences is a bit later. Here we go. Welcome. Thank Dr. you. Terry Good morning. Good to have you, love Thank doctor. you. So can we really, I know they set a great example, but can we learn from just watching them, or, or what can we learn from we them? We really can learn many things, Dina, from just watching them. The first thing I think we can learn is that good, happy, healthy relationships, you need to be friends with your partner. And Barack has often said that he wouldn't be where he is today without the support and friendship. He says that Michelle is his best friend. And friendship is so very important because you need to know that somebody will be there, support you, and that you can share your goals and dreams with your partner. It's like if a marshmallow peep could talk. <laughs> um, by the she way... She does sound really insincere. And she is an old-ass, wrinkled white woman. Uh, just just in case. like just Because that'll, that'll be important later on. So you are listening to an aged, wrinkly white woman talk right now. Yeah, and sometimes you have to remind yourself to treat your partner as you treat your friend. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, with respect. Right. Yeah, right. Very important right. to a happy relationship. And how do you, but how do you maintain that level of friendship? Is it, is it making sure you have a date night? Or, or how do you make yes, sure? Yes, and Michelle actually says that they have date night. Yes. To really get to know one another again. And I think that's what's important, Dina, that you really take time to get to know one another. We often talk to our partner about, you know, who's going to do the errands and pick up the kids. Right. And I mean, first of all, I don't. I, I can't speak for Byron. Uh, you know, uh, I can't speak for you and Juan. But this whole business of and don't forget to schedule a date night. Don't forget to schedule your intimacy. I mean, it's just. It's yeah. like I can feel my skin crawling off it's of my body. Ten fifteen. You know what time it is. All right, so we'll uh, we'll continue here. And make dinner, but we also need to sit down every single day and talk to them about the real things in life, our thoughts and dreams. Yeah. We also need to be affectionate, and you can see that with... Okay, here we go. Now, keep in mind, this is a... This is how they show affection. And she is actually a doctor, by the way, and I, I don't think they actually say, I think she's, you know, like a, like a licensed something or a shrink of some kind. So keep in mind, this woman is an actual doctor, and this is on a newscast. This is on the Fox television affiliate, WJB Key. By the way, and I got this off their website. So it's not like I got this off the Intertron after it had been, like, removed. I got this from WJBK this morning. It is actually still embedded on the state. This is, you can watch the whole program online. So they are now discussing Barack and Michelle Obama. Need to be affectionate, and you can see that with Barack and Michelle as mm -hmm. well. They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> and when they kiss one another, if you let's just back up for a moment in the. Uh... They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> the moral of the story is. Well, you know what the moral of the story is. There you go. I'm just going to, like, without comment, I offer this. I love your without comment. <laughs> they do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> that is a very special relationship. I'm, well, you know, that's the kind of bond they have, Sarah, that, um, that they can really do anything together. They sure can. They, um, that they can show their love and their affection. How do they show it? 
they do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> Which is, you know, and that's a doctor speaking, mm-hmm. by the way. Are you just having Chasing Amy run through your head over and over again? You... Wow. <laughs> Let's take a break. Come back after this. We'll talk Lost. Byron Beck is here as well. Like us at 3. Like us 101 at 5 o'clock. Uh, Michael Mara's show at 7. And Phil Hendry, of course, at 11 p.m., ladies and germs. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues. Don't go anywhere. Hi, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget, tomorrow our guest will include Darcy Zettler of PDX 49, or late anyway of PDX 49, uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Tomorrow we're going to be giving away the Snow Trooper Star Wars statue. Things from another world. What else do we... Ooh, Yanni. You know what we're going to be giving away? We got a Star Wars Yoda versus Palpatine. What is Palpatine? $175 pre-painted soft vinyl model kit is what it is. Anyway, uh, that's from our uh, good friends at Things From Another World. You can find out more about it. Go to TFAW. That's Things From Another World. TFAW.com slash Rick. And uh, you can buy these for 75% off. So we're going to be doing one of those every day. They've also given us some great Watchmen books that we're going to be uh, giving those away as well. It's 503-733-2970. In a uh, short while, we will let's talk to our good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger about Miles Around. Byron Beck is here. Sarah Dillon, how about that lost last night? How about it? Well, it's not Paddock was supposed to be in here, and it's not fun if I... Well, should we solicit for calls? Yes, let's solicit for calls. Hold on, here we go. This is my really uh, uh, ham-fisted, blunt, no-good-way-into-it solicitation for phone calls. This is what uh, consultants would refer to as the call to action. Hey, how about that Lost last night? Hey, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be talking all about it. If you watched Lost, and a lot of you did, because it's a big show. You know, it's a big show, Sarah. It's a huge show. It's a huge show, and uh, very big know, and very huge. And a lot of people watch it. I uh, I I don't myself, but I know a lot of people out there do. So, um, hey, if you did uh, see Lost last night, Sarah Dillon will be recapping it right now. It's five oh three. I don't really know how to recap it because so much happened. Like I wish that somebody was here would be like, oh, do you remember that thing? And then it'd be like, oh, okay. So I think the ad hoc name for this segment. And uh, it's 503-733-2970 if you did watch Lost last night. The ad hoc name of the segment is uh, WTF uh, uh, is, you know, we, we lost last night or whatever. Uh, just a generalized uh, overview, the high Or maybe points. nobody watched it and it's just me. Well, we'll see. Well, I'm going to look at the phones and see if they light up. So if you watch Lost last night, this is your chance. Because here's the thing. I'm just going to be real honest. I don't watch it and I haven't for oh, some time. So good. But so it was like I would come in here. And unless Peter Carner was here, like, there would be no, like, would you be talking about the shield with myself? So, if you watched Lost last night, this is the uh, time uh, for you to call. It's 503-733-2970. And by the way, if you're one of those people that feels compelled to email every time we do this to say, quit talking about Lost or I'll never listen again. This is the time just to never listen again. So, I mean, there's, there's no way around it, friends. So, that's, you know, just fish or cut bait, all right? Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. So, so, uh, Sarah. Yes. Lost last night. Um, I don't know if the whole numbers were in there, but you might have noticed that they uh, snuck at least fragments of the numbers. I did when the clock when it started and the clock was at eight fifteen. Right. Four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two. Yeah, those it numbers were everywhere. Eight fifteen and it slips over to sixteen. And uh, later in the episode, when the uh, 
uh, Michael Emerson's character uh, is at the butcher shop. He takes number 342, mm-hmm. which is a little queer in a shop that couldn't possibly hold. I don't think I care for the tone of this discussion, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. that I think you meant hour. to say African-American. Right, right. <laughs> All right. That was silly of me. Uh, but uh, uh, there was the uh, old inside reference I thought I caught, and I had to look it up to make sure of it, but... Uh, Hurley's dad is watching a Nikki's television show. Uh, remember Nikki and Paulo from season three, the two guys who suddenly step up. We've been staying back here oh, the literally they, the whole time. That they buried alive? Yeah, the two who uh, had the uh, spider bite that made them all paralyzed and comatose. Oh, and they yeah, they were, yeah, that was really Jesus, how can you even keep track? <laughs> I mean, really... I, don't get me wrong. Paulo was pretty cute. I mean, look, my wife, uh, you know, Laura and I went uh, last Friday together to see the Battlestar Galactica, you know, the, the uh, basically the season premiere that Gordon, uh, Gordon Bobby did. And I had Laura watch this thing. It's called uh, What the Frack is Going On with Battlestar Galactica. And it's an eight-minute recap of, like, every single thing that had happened, I think, before the, before the start of the fourth season. And, I mean, right. I understand that Battlestar Galactica, there's a lot of moving parts you've got to keep track of. But I'm lost. I mean, it does seem like, honestly, you need a scorecard There or was this hilarious part last night, though, when Hurley's trying to describe what he's been through to his mother. Because mm-hmm. they, they were all, after they got off, they're the Oceanic Six who got off the island, and they all basically agree to lie. They right. all agree to say that the plane did crash in the ocean because there's a fake plane that's been planted at the bottom of the ocean. Of course. To make, a, to make everyone think that you know, the plane had been yeah. recovered, but that's planted by this rich guy who's trying to find the secret island. Good God. So they all made up this lie that they you know landed on some island. There were eight of them, then two of them died, then... Um, and they ended up floating up to another island where they were found. So they didn't tell them anything about crashing on the other islands. This one was basically like them coming to terms with the fact that they can't lie anymore. Uh, let's see. This, uh, this email says, hey, for Sarah, so a random gas station just happened to have a 6L, uh, a 6XL shirt for Hurley. Uh, what does Sarah think about zombie John, John Locke if the island brings him back to life? Oh, he totally comes back to life. Pack for, is here too now. For how many days is Locke's body going to be left out in the heat? It depends uh, on if they... I got two thoughts. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, sir. Uh, one directly on that. Uh, Locke was put in the butcher shop. Of course he yeah, was. Yeah, just to keep cold. They're, they're keeping him in the deep freeze over there in the butcher shop. Mm. So that's that, guy's. Uh, the other thought, uh, Paulo. Uh, if you liked uh, Paulo from season three, he's a Xerxes in the 300. Really? Yeah. Uh, I ask of course, he's not you. really seven feet tall, but, you know. But he is still pretty. And... Uh, my last thought, and then I'll uh, take off. Yes. Um, wait. No, it's gone. <laughs> wait, okay. wait a choke at the end. Well done. All right. Thank All you. Right. Bye. So, Paddock. All Paddock, right. what did you think? What did Drop you think? What did you think of the the record at the beginning that was skipping, and then all of a sudden the Amazing. island kind of becomes Holly. the record? Amazing Chris show. Paddock joining us in the studio. Amazing program last night. And I, uh, I was getting mocked by a lot of people because I have a house guest currently, mm-hmm. and I was telling that person, we can't do anything tonight. We have to watch Lost. I told, my friends were getting mad at me. Yeah. But I went out anyway, and I, I, I did up the town, and I stayed up till like 1 in the morning. Okay. Can so we I acknowledge the show? that I had the good sense to text you, Sarah, last night and not call you? I know, but then I called you at the break. I'm like, how Why are you texting? How dare you, you interrupt during anybody Lost? during this? And then my friend was cracking lies during this show, and I was like, you have no, just pee off right now. It was, Please. I know my friends, I was two of my girlfriends, and they started talking back and forth about something else. I'm just like, shut it. I'm like, I love yeah. you both, but you need to shut you up. You have yeah. to really pay attention to it. There were a lot of um, little hidden things in the program Yeah, last there were a night. lot of subtleties. Did you notice that? Like the where Hurley and uh, Saeed were getting food was called Rainbow, another Oz reference. Mm-hmm. It was the Rainbow Diner. Uh, obviously, it seems to me that Sun has gone evil. 
I think Sun maybe has always been evil, but she's just extra super pissed now, so that makes her even more oh, evil. Oh, that's interesting. Well, she's out to kill Jack, it seems. Do you think? I think so. I think well, she wants you... to kill Jack and Ben. What do you think about the speculation that Ben and Locke are related? I have heard that before. That's what people are saying, because at the end, when they were going to find uh, the, the mother at the end, I guess he addressed her as Mrs. Locke. Oh, I didn't hear that. Can I just tell you that while you all were watching uh, Lost last night, I was at home, and I was uh, you know, with my brand new MacBook. I was uh, sitting on the couch and answering some email while Laura was watching Gossip Girl. So I now have, by means of osmosis, I have all this Gossip Girl knowledge uh, from last night that I don't need in my head either. So I don't understand anything of what you're talking about. But I then I got Gossip all. Girl the other night too. Yeah, but, but then I got all this crap in my head about Gossip Girl. Really? So, well, yeah. that, I'm, I feel sorry for you, Rick Emerson. Me too. You, you know, Lost is a far better show. Whatever. I no, know it those was are cool. Five and like with the, with the hatch not being blown up, and then because because what happened oh. is. All right, so Ben had to move. It sounds so stupid if you guys don't. See, I'm not saying it's a bad show. I'm just saying it's ben so beyond to, my understanding. So the at this island point. was about to be discovered at the end of the fourth season, so Ben had to do something where he moved the island. So he moved the island, causing a like Please. a conflict in like the space time continuum. Tell me he just used a shovel and just moved it like ten feet to the no, left. He had to, he no, had to go he had into a, this like the frozen donkey wheel. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call it. Yeah. Sexual position? Yes, exactly. And so the island disappears, but then since he had to move the island, it gets kind of stuck in time. So it keeps, like, flashing forward and flashing back. So, like, they'll be, like, three years ahead, like, three mm-hmm. years in the future, and then 20 years back in the past. Yeah. And, it, like, they don't know when the flashes are coming. Who do you think fired the flaming arrows at them at the end? Who do you think those people were? I think maybe it was the original Dharma Initiative. I'm going to say the people on the uh, the ship... The the, the 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 abandoned boat that they found, um, the Black Rock. Okay. I stand by my contention yesterday. Every now and again, you guys ought to just make up something completely fake and insert it to see if anybody notices. Okay, but what do you think? Do you think that um, Locke is, is Richard's constant? Yes. That's what I was thinking. So I, I was think trying to figure too. out people's constants and whether or not the redheaded girl was actually she is. I think she is the daughter of. She's of, that Annie girl. Do you she, think? No, she's the daughter oh. of um, uh, 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 Sawyer. And uh, the hot the hot chick from Gia the the move the the the, the girlfriend uh, that was in the movie Gia with Angelina Jolie the uh, you know what I'm talking about the blonde girl I what's like her name to be Sawyer's daughter I feel like you're starting to speak she's from another time okay and one more thing and then we'll move on but what do you think about um, Miles being the son of Dr Chang. Ooh, I like that. Remember at the beginning? That's, really, because, that's a good theory. Because he was holding this child. I think everyone's related on that island Everyone somehow. has to be because like, he has these special you know, psychic powers. Yep. And I think they and might he's be special kidding. and Walt's special. Everyone's special everyone's on the show. Special. Just like you, Rick, Rick and Byron are special. You guys are, you're special for not liking it, I guess. Uh, I, but look, okay. I, I feel well, like we're nerding it up. Uh, they Sorry. kept me around for this. I'm, I'm still here for this. Now, I thought you can make Dennis uh, uncomfortable when he comes in. Oh, I, I, I used to all the time. We used to work together. All right. One, one final thought on yes. this program. Yes. One, one last thing. I'm sorry. Um, I do think that uh, 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 let's see. I'm going to crap out like that guy on the phone earlier. Uh, that the person. Blam that, Bladams. Now you really screwed me up. What are we talking about? Who is Blam Blad? I'm talking Sam about Adams. Lo- no, not We're Sam Adams. Okay, I couldn't. Well, who knew? I didn't know what you were saying. I'm talking about. I'm staying on the lost thing. Okay. Uh, Desmond. On the boat uh-huh. is, I think also, I think they're going to have a baby in the program as well. That she, Desmond he, and Penny? Des, Desmond and Penny. Maybe that's their daughter. Maybe the redhead chick is their daughter. You know. And Widmore is the dude that had the they knife had baby up. In the and Widmore is one of the <laughs> military dudes that had his uh, knife up. It was a young Charles Widmore. The, 
The best that part is if like this somehow to. if this somehow like climax with what's her name Michelle Rodriguez coming back. Actually, she did. You are making that up. <laughs> no. You're lying. She did because that's the genius of Lost. Since they can go back in time, it's before that's some it. of the. I can never watch it again. She gave Hurley some no. tips. No, because Hurley can see like all these dead. He sees people. dead people. He's okay, like, but, but now, but see, now I can never. Only there for a second. It was a good thing. But for now, like that means she could come back at any time. I can never watch it. I thought it was a little gratuitous when she turned to the camera and said, "Make sure you see me in fashion." She's where I quit watching. Vin Diesel this summer. I mean, that she is the reason that I quit. Is really? The, yeah, it, it, Michelle oh. Rodriguez was the reason I quit watching that Jeez, show. Dude, badly like, written, bad actress. Lame. I mean, bad character. They killed oh. her. It was good. Bad lesbian. <sighs> is she a lesbian? Oh yeah. Huh. We'll take a break and we'll come back with Dennis Pitzelberger, <laughs> Chris Paddock. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm late uh, for a meeting now. Bye bye. All right. All we do is interview, <laughs> interfere in people's lives. <laughs> no, really, that's that really is it. That's the only thing this show is any good for. I missing a paid day of work, and now he's mad about the lost huh? Yeah. Chris Paddock's missing a meeting. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. If you me, please, won't you close the door? And don't forget what I told you. You are no... Dennis Pittsburgh is not getting a Christmas card from me ever again. That's all I'm going to say. And honestly, no, we're not going to say anything else. Yes. All right, moving on. Hello, Dennis Pitsenbarger. How are you today? I'm doing well. And, uh, Whoa, every, wow. Oh, sorry wow. about that. Right, okay. uh, am I on hey. this one or this one? No. Why don't you go on, yeah. go on the other sorry. mic? They're set for, set for different people earlier. All right, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm actually, uh, I've been instructed by several callers and fans of both uh, Miles Around, thank you for those listeners, but obviously they're devout Rick Emerson show fans, to, uh, we need to talk about uh, anything, uh, Britney Spears, uh, Star Wars, uh, anything besides uh, Mr. Adams. Well, because, that's tomorrow. Because uh, personally, I'll put in my two cents. Get who cares? I mean, just get over it. Well, I mean, I, if, that's my really. Point. If only you ran uh, the city. Uh, you know, which, although who knows? You know, the city, the job might be open. Who knows? Well, I, I would just say let's move on to something that's uh, much better. I do have to say openly, um, I'm going to apologize to you, Mr. Byron Beck, because. Uh, it was uh, a short 11 years ago, I believe, if we do the timeline on this. Um, I sat, no, wait, nine years ago. I sat in my freshly uh, appointed office at Willamette Week as a brand new part of the Willamette Week staff and sat in my corner laughing and giggling to myself as a full-blown Republican at that point as they all huddled around the TV uh, gasping for breath that someone besides George Bush would be appointed president of the United States. And I have to say openly on air, um, I was wrong, and I'm sorry for everything that uh, has gone wrong in the country over the last eight, nine years. It's so, your fault. Well, it really wasn't my fault, but I sat and snickered going, he's going to get elected, and there's nothing you could do about it. I remember, I remember you sitting uh, beyond our show and mocking us about the fact that W was going to get reelected and being like a, being a smug bastard about it. How's it feel? How's it uh, feel to get what you want? Uh, well, um, considering that I'm still trying to figure out how to make my house payment this month, yeah. uh, that worked out for you. Voice, uh, I have to say that uh, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, I was uh, t- horribly, terribly wrong. But well, uh, I can make up for it by uh, uh, supporting people that are not uh, giant retards in office. And I, and I got to say that, uh, well, way to go out on a limb. Way to take a bold step into a I, new uh, you. I am fully converted to whatever it is that you, uh, I will just do whatever it is that you tell me to do when it comes to politics. I wish we could just draft uh, Warren Buffett or something. I really do. Just more than anything. But he wouldn't take the pay cut is the problem. That's been like all the guys that I would want to run this country have already got better jobs. I, I could run for president and I would have you guys as my think tank and I would just let you, I would just be the perfect puppet president. What does Rick Emerson tell me to do? And I will do it. Yeah, because that works so well for me when I do it. Well, we're, well Honey, I mean, make dinner. Make it yourself. 
himself. Well, I didn't work, right. work for, for Reagan. Yeah. Okay, I it worked for Bush. Well, too. you know what they said to Walt Disney? Because uh, Walt Disney, of course, you know, Disneyland runs like a top. I mean, that place is like it, it is. I mean, it is, Disneyland runs better than any place on earth. And they asked Walt Disney at one point quite seriously. They said, look, you know, you obviously know how to run an organization and to make things work. You should run for president. And Walt Disney had the best ever response. They said, why don't you run for president, Walt? You know, you, you, you bring your business skills to the table. And Walt Disney said, why should I want to be president when I am already king? Oh. <laughs> and that's the thing with, like, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, uh, you know, the Google guy, any of those. I mean, it's like, clear, like Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch, you know, I'd, can I tell you this right now? I would make Rupert Murdoch president tomorrow if I could. I'd make him president for life if I could. Uh, well, my thing has just been, I just want people to go out and have confidence in the economy. Go out. I don't know. I, had, I said something on a, one of the pages I go on, and somebody says, oh, I did. I went out and bought some nail clippers. I mean, just have confidence. Go forward. I mean, it's time now to, you know, stop bickering and stop wasting time, and let's just <coughs> do something that's, you know, positive. That's, that's right. my thing. So let's, uh, let's talk about Britney's boobs. Well, I think tomorrow yeah. we might. Well, see, it's going to make. What is up with you over there, Black Lung? It's, uh, I'm around Dennis. And he, I think he, didn't you used to smoke? I used to. Uh, yeah. I haven't for years. So. Six years no. ago now. Yeah, yeah. so then you can't that. blame it on that. Yeah, um, well, tomorrow, see, it's going to be awkward because Darcy Zettler's going to be here tomorrow. I was going to say, otherwise, we'd do a boob topic an hour all day, but... Man, and like I said, always next week. And just I, I, you know, we've so jaded Sarah that it almost bounces off of her. But you know, Darcy seems like she might be, you know, scarable still. So well, I, 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 just, I mean, even though I don't even watch Lost, and I mean, I think that's a better topic than you know. I mean, anything, I'll take it. Well, know? look, I mean, here's the thing. Tomorrow, at least, at the very least, Sarah and I were talking about this earlier. Because I mean, all kidding aside, I mean, the, the, you know, the Sam Adams thing is it is the biggest story in Portland. Mm -hmm. Probably the biggest Portland story in as long as I can remember. Um, and, you know, there's no choice. You do have to talk about it. I mean, all, all, all goofing aside, you have to discuss it to some degree. But, you know, Sarah and I were talking about the hallway. We're like, all right, let's just buckle down. Just get through. And, you know, tomorrow is Friday. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow's Friday. And you know Tomorrow's what? Tomorrow's full of, yeah, boobs and corpse watches and all kinds of well, I'm not always trying to make it about boobs. I'm just saying that no, that but... was always the funny part of the show, was to just talk about Britney or whatever she's, you know, you know not wearing panties Trust or Mercedes me. or something. The, just... it, it, the, the moment when we went to Jonathan Colton today and we were talking about zombies, that was like, in that many ways, great. that was the best moment of my day. Not because we didn't have a good reasoned discussion about the same Anderson. We did. But you know what? All things being equal, I'd rather be talking about Left for Dead, you know? <laughs> I agree. Aim for the head. Speaking of which, by the way, I'd like to thank a bunch of people sent me this photo yesterday. Or this, it's a, it's a, a, a picture of like a JPEG, like a, a painting. It's going around the, inter the internet yesterday. Um, it is a full color, like a watercolor, a watercolor type painting. And it's left for dead, but it's like with kids. So it's like kids on a, like a, like a playground set, like one of those big play, play sets in the middle of like a sandbox or whatever. And so it's like a bunch of kids holding off other zombie kids with slingshots. It's like the creepiest, greatest thing ever. I'll post it on my side. Uh, Dennis, uh, what is up with Miles around? Uh, well, obviously, Saturday's 9 to noon. Industry news. Uh, GM has already got their handout for their second installment of billions of dollars. Uh, we have the Northwest Wingless Tour Guys in Studio, driver's seat, a Lincoln and a Mazda. And we are giving a $500 prize away this weekend on Miles Around. Uh, and we are following a local driver's going to be on. I have, this is actually really cool. Miles Around will have a giant logo and sticker for the, for the show on the website on national syndicated speed TV Friday and Saturday night. Local driver Joey Tanner. Uh, uh, looking for gold, and his, that's the same way a couple drivers have stepped right into NASCAR. Good so we're really you, excited about it. Well that. done. Byron Beck at ByronBeck.com. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for tolerating Byron, the no, DNA. I, in uh, all honesty, we are so grateful that you wanted to come on today. Oh, yeah. You were, I was, you were I, first choice, and we're very excited. And, thank, and, thank you. And, and also, I know that I was I was kind of a big downer buzzkill earlier, so I, and I apologize for being that way. Well, it's well, just, I you know. drink and talk about it. Okay. We can all agree on this. Richie's a bottom. Uh, it's a... Uh, 
503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Make a note of it. We're back tomorrow, kids, at 10 o'clock for the recap, 11 for the show. Uh, like us next. Uh, like us one one five. Michael Mara Show at 7. Don't forget, speaking of zombies, AZ and CBS Radio Theater return this coming Sunday at 6 p.m. Live radio drama this coming Sunday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll talk more about it tomorrow with Aaron Durant. Rick Emerson, Joe Produce today, and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah Stone for Eminence. Every to talk in the newsroom. Byron back on the phone. Richie Bristol, Gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, Webmaster, Trip Upstairs. CBS Radio, Portland, and marketing guru Susan Reynolds. Thanks to Storm and Court, and y'all. See you tomorrow. Bye now. They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting.